Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 297. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor has made his glorious return. Triumphant. Uh, I only missed one week. Triumphant? Connor's never been triumphant. I refuse to accept that. I want. Who are you? (laughs) Triumphant. When he fixes the toaster, maybe? Make a damn drink. Is anyone else's screen glitching? No. No. Okay, it's just mine then. <laughs> it was it's it was putting on the shared screen. It's like got a ghost effect going. And I got distracted. Alright, this is the haunted episode of Matt's computer. Uh, uh, there it show. is, we're good. I just had to get rid of Connor, so it's fine now. Problem solved. Oh there yeah, you go. Right? Yeah. That solves a lot of problems, I think, it, getting it rid does, of Connor. Yeah. It's a nice, happy experience. This is a DC Comics podcast. We get together. We talk about this week's DC Comics that we read. Coming up on this week's show, we have Detective Comics 1057, Nightwing issue 90, Batman Superman World's Finest issue 1. Matt, for some reason, caught up and is going to discuss Justice League 74. <laughs> we also have Batman the Night issue 3, and I assume Matt also read Refrigerator Full of Heads issue 5. Oh, yes, that one too. Yeah, he didn't even tell me about that. I just assumed he read that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I read all of the books. Yes. So that's what's coming up on this week's show. But as also Solicits Week, we have Solicits for June to talk about. So that'll be a nice hefty chunk. Plus there's an extra bit of news as well for uh, later in the year. So uh, a little bit of news, actually. That's the stuff to happen. You always have more news. You don't even have to tell me, okay? I just expect that you'll have more news. Well, maybe if you did a better job looking for it. Look, if Newsarama presented me... In a coherent manner, the news, I would have it for you, but... I'll give you that, the site is shit. It's terrible. And I hate how every time I click on a new page, I get the same pop-up saying, Would you like Games Radar's newsletter? Blah, 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 blah. Piss off! I don't want it! I haven't haven't said yes once. It's like the ones that that ask me if I want desktop notifications. No! There is no site in the world I want desktop notifications for. Stop asking me. Never. I will go to the site when I want to visit the site. Leave me alone. (laughs) Simple things. So yes, uh, welcome to the show. This is uh, what three away from three hundred. We're getting getting up there to to, to milestones. Yes, yet not reached. Because math. Yes. Well, they're all. I mean, every milestone you hit is a milestone you've not reached yet. That's why it's a milestone. You can't hit the same milestone mm-hmm. again unless we pull a a renumbering. <laughs> What if we did at two ninety nine? <laughs> <laughs> we call it, we follow Marvel. Like I'll tell you what, next time they renumber Detective and Action, we'll go back to number one. I, no, because yeah. what what you have to do to do it is you have to just renumber randomly, and then like you know, and then you you wait however long, and then you, you get a nice little milestone one, and that's when you you go back to legacy numbering. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll, you know, at like three two seven, we'll we'll like okay, no, it's it's episode one again now. And then when we hit 350, you know, come back in full force with the legacy number. 350? That's like less than 20 episodes later. Yeah, I know. You don't want to... You, yeah, I know, but... You, you, you've got to do a lot. big one. you got to wait till like, I don't know, 500. Like, so, you, so we get to like 130-something, and then all of a sudden 500. You would, you would think, but Marvel seemed to do it every, like, 50 issues anyway, so... That's <sighs> because Marvel are the worst, right? That's just... Call it what it is. Uh... But yes, before we, before we get into 
any of that business though we do have to look at this week's top 10 books based on the pools on comics well not comicsology it's <laughs> this freudian slip uh leah comic geeks is what we're looking at so top 10 books based on the pools on that website because we have to look at something we have to have a top 10 at the start of the show otherwise i'm going to see if amazon have updated their uh their publishers yet to yeah. see if see if their, their, their site is actually functional you, you keep me appraised of the situation but uh, now when I'm starting the top 10, you ignorant little shit. Well, so, I'll check now before you start in case it's ready. But you're just delaying the start of the top 10. I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's not ready. Carry on. <laughs> Number one is Detective Comics 1057. Shocking no one, I would suggest. Nope. Uh, it's a little bit shocking. Why? Because I think if, uh, if this was based off of normal sales, tech doesn't sell that hot. So I'd have said like Nightwing would have been higher, right? Oh, this is like the, this is like week three or four are doing this. But we've made it very clear that Batman Detective always go at the top because people have got them pulled. Fair enough. That's just how this works. Number two is Amazing Spider-Man issue ninety-two dot B for Beyond. Bay. Bay. Yeah. Bailey. Are they doing a Beyonce issue? <laughs> uh, just Beyonce has my life. What? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a deep new girl poll yeah one of my favorite nick miller moments of all time ah sorry i, I you know i don't remember the mediocre sitcoms i'm sorry uh so number three is nightwing issue 90 <laughs> i'm upset matt he's, he's holding it in but i can see it tell him upset there is mm-hmm. the, the rage is simmering number four is the flash 780 uh i suspect not as many people actually read that this week because it's a crossover it's part three of a crossover with other books that you may not be reading because they don't pull mm-hmm. anywhere nearly as high. That's right. My my flash reading came in Nightwing this week, so that's fine. Well, that was the convenient part. Yes, is that just when yeah. I have to take a month or two off the regular flash book, I get Wally in another book instead. So mm-hmm. that worked out nicely. Uh, Wonder Woman seven eight five also part of a crossover, which you may or may not be reading, is uh, next up on the the list. Mm-hmm. That's number what five are we on? Yeah, these aren't numbered. It's hard to tell things. Uh, number six is Justice League seventy four. So DC doing very well. Like that's like. Out of the top six books, they've got five of them. So that's a very healthy DC. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of last week, where they were barely in the top five. Um, so then you got Avengers 54 in number seven, X Lives of Wolverine in number eight, that's issue five, uh, which after after last week's shocking revelation that there was a Lives of Wolverine, a Death of Wolverine running concurrently <laughs> that we didn't notice until they both came and, out in the same I week. I don't see deaths this week either, so... I think I'll finish. I think issue five was the last issue. Yeah. I could be gotcha. wrong though. Uh, Catwoman 41 then slots in after that. And Batman the Night issue 3 sneaking in to that top 10. And let me just count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. That is number 10. So number 11 is Batman Superman World's Finest issue 1. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because as we've pointed out on the site, the issue 1s tend to not do as well because no one's eyed with their pull list yet. Yeah. Um, so. Just to, for contrast with the current Amazon chart, which for all intents and purposes, it's just the Marvel and DC books because of the way they've got it. Well, funnily enough, the, the way this has worked out this week is that it's just the DC books in the top 10 anyway. So. Yeah, um, with those, they have Nightwing at one and Batman Superman at number two. Oh, okay. And, and then X-Lives of Wolverine at three, which is why I think no, that's, they, these sound plausible for being in sale order. They, they sound plausible enough, yeah. I, I'd expect Mark Wage knew world's finest book to to rank relatively highly yeah uh but hey interesting 
Uh, there was a carnage issue one this week that also was, it? was in the teens, yeah. Just... Oh, oh that's, the, that's the Ram V one. Oh, is that Ram V? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, that, snap. That's interesting. I don't know. That's immediately more interesting than it was before. I mean, I'm still not going to get it, but uh, yeah, had I didn't know I would have picked it up and looked at it at the shop. He's co-doing the Venom book with Al Ewing, where they're right. like alternating issues slash arcs. Like, they're tackling one character each, so depending on mm. whose issue it is, is which you know which writer is also new this week eternals the heretic issue one it's not really new it's uh marvel are kind of borrowing the image model of kind of throwing in one shots in the middle of a in the middle of a book to give the regular artist break okay so it's just part of the main gillen um eternals book but they've also got reckoning war trial of the watcher issue one which is like a what if story seemingly yeah. Yeah. So, um, Marvel's got some wild things going on right now. I watched. Um, there's a. There's. A, I can't think of their name right now, but there's a channel on YouTube that goes over comic arcs, and they're covering a lot of Marvel stuff right now. So while I was on the treadmill the other day, I watched the, the the death of Doctor Strange, um, as they broke that down. Uh, really super weird story, but also shockingly, like judging from how they broke it down, was. Seemingly a good story. Correct um, me if I'm wrong, because I, I I only really call that headlines. They they actually seemingly killed Strange by the yeah. end of that. Yeah, if y'all want spoilers, like for Supreme. Yeah, there's uh, they they follow through and uh, he dies at the first issue, and then it becomes a detective mystery. But the detective is a time remnant of Doctor Strange that when he was coming up, he had heard that old Slavic story about the. Uh, what was it? He was a Hellboy villain, the Unkillable, right? That put his, part of his soul in a needle, and then put that needle in an egg, put that egg in a duck, whatever. Sure. He did kind of the same thing where he took a week of his life and hid it away in case he'd ever died, so he could figure out what had happened. So now this temporal ghost comes and helps solve it, and, and then at the end, because you know, there's the death of Doctor Strange, they follow through that even you know the Sorcerer Supreme can escape death. And uh, at the end of the book, there is hinted at a new Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting, fairly ballsy mm-hmm. move, given they've got a Doctor Strange movie coming. Yeah, right? I mean, but uh, multiverses being what they were, and and you know, mm-hmm. it felt like the first part of a chapter or a first chapter if, of a. If there's one thing story. I've learned from DC and Marvel is that despite the fact that they should synchronize mm-hmm. with movies, they very often they make don't. really weird choices but, not to. But weirdly, it, it again. It got me who I'm I'm kind of checked out of Marvel right now just because of I put all my eggs into DC uh, right now or because you know keep in mind we're talking about the company who at the height of like the Avengers X-Men? being a thing right I X Men they had the height of the Avengers being a thing where you had I mean we're talking around the time of like the first Avengers movie into the maybe like Age of Ultron like that period. That's when the Avengers were none of those characters. That was when right. it was it was Lady Thor and it was uh, Sam was Cap and all these other like which which yeah, is all but fine. Like now, but it's a really yeah. weird time to do that when you're breaking box office records with some of the biggest movies yeah. of all time. So I mean, yeah, but on the other end, you have DC trying bless them like to get these like Flash and Aquaman books to line up with the movies, and then all the movies just getting delayed. Yeah. 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 
uh which is which is pretty funny honestly i mean even the end of the batman like after the credits there's not like a post-credit mm-hmm. scene but there's like a little trailer reel for like hey dc stuff in 2022 and yeah. all of it's been pushed <laughs> all yeah. of it's been pushed out of the year well not all of it uh, but, but i just want to finish my thought about that but it pulled me in with my interest to dr strange um just you know not with the movie or anything but it seems like they're doing something different and that if he is gonna fight because it made it sound like because he said Lady Death doesn't forgive, so it almost made it sound like he's going to come up against, you know, the, the Thanos, you know, personified Lady Death uh, on his way back. So, you know, the, the movie coming out in a couple months is Multiverse of Madness, so, you know, lots of weird things in play. Um, but, but, yeah, it, it was an interesting five issues, and there was three episodes to break them down, and I enjoyed it. It seemed like a, a fun romp of a... Mm-hmm of a comic so yes, something like reckoning war can't, can't like... wait to not go see that dr strange movie oh, not me either. Yeah. Yeah. uh just while i stay on the uh the, the numbers here is that only a comic if you click on the comic you actually get the number of pills that each have so okay uh, for reference so we can see what our sample sizes yeah so so ref for reference here so number one was detective comics this week uh that has seven thousand four hundred and twenty five pulls so that's not nothing no that's a reasonable amount and for, you know, just to sort of give you the top three here, just to give a sense, and maybe I'll give you number 10 as well, just to show you the, the range. Number two, which is Amazing Spider-Man, was 7,087. So, still in the 7,000, so still quite high numbers-wise. Uh, Nightwing was number three, was 6,556. So, that, that gives you kind of a range of what your top three are there in terms of then. Batman so, the Night so- was number 10. So, just to sort of give you the scale here, that's at 2,238. So, that gives you the... Yeah. Your top ten there in terms of the so actual there's, numbers. There's plenty of people that use a site for this type of service. Yeah, know, I mean, I think um, their polls. it's just a matter of how many people keep it updated. Right. Because Comixology, there used to be like a physical Comixology, which was like a pull list website. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it still exists, but it kind of died no, out. That, a while, uh, that went away. So I think a lot of people were looking for something like this. So I think over time people have Because Diamond kept it. trying to say that they were going to launch their pull box thing. Hmm. And it was always on the verge of launching, and then DC pulled out, and then Marvel have basically pulled out. Yes. Now it's just like, became, yeah, they became irrelevant, and then it was like, okay, well, I guess, but yeah, yeah, basically. But uh, yeah, so if you if you want a website to track your your pull list and like tick things off, then Leo Comics is as good as you're getting, at least right now. Anyway, I don't know if anything better. So, uh, but that's that's the range just to give you that. Uh, it's one of those things where it may actually be worth me telling you what those numbers are as we're going down those that top ten at the start of the show, just for some context and see what the, the scale is. But there you go. Let's go. And for the five thousand eight hundred and ninety-one people who bought Flash and were disappointed it was part three of a crossover, I apologize. Uh, so there you go. Uh, all right, there you go. Top ten uh, in in the bag and the can on the on the. Written down on the paper. I'm running out of metaphors. Uh, so we have solicits. We have June 2022 solicits to work through. It's that kind of week, and we'll we'll go through as we always do. We'll see what pops up. Uh, see if there's any interesting surprises. I don't think there's much, but uh, we'll we'll have a look and see what there is. Uh, if nothing else, we get to ogle some covers and go ooh and ah. And uh, as always, I recommend you get the solicits news story up yourself. If I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this in the car 
or whatever, then fair enough. But if you are sitting mm-hmm. and can look at the article yourself as well to see all the covers, I would recommend doing so. So, starting off with Batman issue 124. Uh, this is still Williamson writing this. This is the aftermath of Shadow War, so this is just before, because it's July, right? The, uh, yeah, Zodarsky. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. Batman's starting, so. Yeah. Uh, backup written by G. Willow Wilson, though. Uh, featuring who? It's uh, a good question. Backup features Poison Ivy. Oh, that's why Matt asked. Yeah, it's more on that later. Okay, that's why Matt asked. Very good. So, very neat. Uh, I do like the main cover there. That's, that's neat enough. Mm-hmm. I really like all the covers, to be honest. Uh, because there's a big mech cover. What I is love it. This? It's very. I don't know who that is, but it's very Stoko esque. Yeah, I can see yeah. the Stoko sort of detail. So I can't imagine sitting there and drawing that. And then there's there's so much detail. Black and white Batman cover with uh, Batman in the rain, which is quite stylized. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's got to be Jock, right? It looks yeah, it is. Jock-esque, yeah. That's interesting. Actually, that mech one is giving me like Christmas vibes. It, looks like, it almost looks like Santa's North Pole. With all, and I think not... that's just because it's, it's the green and the red that are popping out as the Probably. only colours. They're not actually presents, but if you told me that was a toy workshop and these were all presents sitting around, I, I'd believe you. Yeah. I think it's because green and the red are the only colours that really pop out as well, so that, that yeah. kind of adds to that feel. Yeah, so that's that silly green T-Rex that's getting, getting in your brain. Uh, no games radar, I do not want notifications. Oh wait. <laughs> uh, Dark Crisis issue one. Uh, unsurprising, so oversized issue 107. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the nice cover. Yeah, I love when these are seven issues. Yeah, uh, and this is notably it's all the all the, the the newer legacy characters that are on the cover as well. So you got John, mm-hmm. Yara, Joe, current Aquaman, and uh, the, the the current Batman. Well, the you know I mean the new Batman, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Fox. Oh, so that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, well, that Pariah cover is quite nice actually. Yeah, there's a Bat Family cover too. That's uh, Bat nice. Family cover. Yep. Keep going, it's number nine. Oh, there's a lot of covers. Oh, I like that one. See the one that's got Batman, the blue cape, and the shadows? Mm-hmm. It's the sort of painted cover. Oh, that one's really that's nice. That's pretty nice. Yeah, that's good stuff. I'm trying to get to this Bat family. Oh, yeah, there it is. That's nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that... That looks very Redondo-esque, actually, that cover. Because it, it, it is Redondo. It's, it's Redondo. Redondo. Nice signature at the bottom, Pete. Oh, that's all it is. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, at least my eyes aren't betraying me, then. <laughs> No, I recognize so Redondo. That, that Batman one with the blue must be the foil variant. That's why they're, they're really going on the blue. Sure, sure. So that looks like Capullo. Uh, it's nice stuff, though. Uh, but yeah, obviously Dark Crisis is the big event for the summer. Obviously, oh, we'll, Superman one. We'll, we'll check it out and uh, get get excited. So uh, now I feel like the 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 painted one's probably uh, the Inhuic Lee cover because I feel like I've seen that name yeah. with that type of cover before. No, you're right. I when I went back yeah, to him, it's Kula's the Superman the one suit, that's clearly below. Yeah. So very yeah. cool. Uh, so remind me, is this uh, monthly or twice a month? Monthly. Monthly. Okay. As far as we know. For some reason, just in my head, I, for some reason, I thought it might be twice a month, but uh, yeah. no, they haven't told us that anyway. Yeah. At least not to my knowledge yeah and i know it's only one issue in this solicitor but it, this could be the one that's just because it's first that may start halfway through the month and then it could yeah. that would be a great theory if it didn't tell you the date that it was you know on the 7th of june oh yeah i, I know i know i'm just like based on just my internal logic 
Uh, we also, they also announced here a, a miniseries, a tie-in miniseries called Dark Crisis Young Justice. So you get an issue one of this in June, uh, and you got some, you know, the, the Young Justice characters on the cover there. You got, uh, well, I mean, three of them are listed as MIA on the cover, which presumably leads to the plot, but uh, you got Cassie mm-hmm. there, uh, who's presumably going to be looking for Bart and, and Connor and Tim. But uh, yeah, this is uh, McGann Fitzmartin, Rating mm-hmm. with Laura Braga on art. Um, I have no, I don't know what I think of this writer. I, the name has popped up before, but I don't know if I. She did the Tim Drake stuff uh, in Future State. Devin, what else is coming up in these solicits? So I'm not surprised at that 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 yeah. that tidbit. But um, this is neat that they're doing like a series, just a mini series as a tie-in, as opposed mm-hmm. to infecting books with stuff. Yeah, it's better. I'm still struggling to get excited for the book in general, but. Look, I was just complaining earlier this week that, like, Young Justice, those characters have been relatively MIA. Like, And now they're literally MIA. Yeah, which I <laughs> found very funny, because I got to wondering what was going on with this whole Earth, you know, War for Earth 3, and one of our, you know, Twitter friends was explaining it to me, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's cool now that I know what's going on with Connor, um, but, like, uh, outside of Cassie and tim like we, we haven't seen too much of them. and tim's been super sporadic on top of it um so you know bart literally mia we only the last time we saw him was in the flash but he was in the future still so um the fact that they're leaning into all of that you know it's kind of nice but i'll be checking this out for sure yeah i think that's like, even cool. if i mean even if you're not interested in the event just the mm-hmm. idea of doing a tie-in miniseries as opposed to infecting all of the various books that everyone's reading already with with tie-ins which they may still do a little bit of but there's nothing announced for this month i don't think anyway you gotta remember that none of these characters have books to infect well that's true but you're saying that as if that's the logic as if the only reason why it's a miniseries and not just infecting young justice is because it's not a young justice book like probably is well no but they also they chose to focus on these characters though I disagree oh, with that sure. logic. That, that's so weird to me. If there was me. a Young Justice book, I think it would just be in that. Well, yeah, but then... But, I don't know, the logic here is flawed because, like, for all we know, there could be Dark Crisis, like, Gotham announced, like, the okay. following month, and it's, like, the back characters, and you could have just argued easily, like, why is this just not in Detective for the next few months, or why is this just not in... If, if we do get that stuff, I suspect it'll end up in Urban Legends. Uh, very possibly. Yes. That'd but, be my um, prediction. I don't care. I just like I'm glad to have Young Justice characters back because you know, uh yeah. we we've gotten they're, they're like this lost generation. Uh, and I'm only, you know, I only care that much because they're my Teen Titans. You know, if anything, it's um, more likely the logic is okay, we want to do some tie in stories with someone and then they went, Well, who doesn't have a book so we can focus on some other characters and they pick Young Justice for that reason, rather than saying, Oh, we'll do Young Justice. Well, let's put it in the Young Justice book. Oh, they don't have a book. Oh, I guess we'll do a mini series then. <laughs> Or sure. maybe, uh, maybe Megan Fitzmartin is like, "Hey, I got a Young Justice idea. It's in Dark Crisis." Ah, uh, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. You know? Basically, I'm saying Connor's. She basically went, "I've got, I've got a Tim idea," and they went, "Can we make it bigger?" Basically, what yes. I'm saying is, whatever the idea was, Connor's one is the last place. It's the least lately. <laughs> I think that is objectively wrong, but sure. Whatever. I don't. Okay, what, what's next? I don't. I don't care. Objectively right, I think you better say that, Connor. Yeah. Um. 
next up is Black Adam issue one. There's a new Black Adam book, uh, written by Christopher Priest and art by Rafa oh, Sandoval. Uh, yeah, this was announced later, or sorry, earlier in the week. This was before the solicits came out. They announced this. Uh, yeah. This is probably obviously inspired by the fact that there's a Black Adam movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Well, more on more on Black Adam when we get to Justice League. <laughs> uh, so, but that did get moved. But I mean, this series may still be going when the movie comes out. Now in October. I mean, you know when it got moved to? It's October, I think, if I remember right from last week. Yeah. It didn't get pushed very much, and then they pushed up Shazam. So it, it got pushed from July to late October, and Shazam got yeah. moved forward from next year. So Shazam was supposed to be next June, and now it's December because they sent it out to die with Avatar too. Oof. I mean, never know. Might still outperform it. <laughs> the, the the amount of people that actually care about Avatar is shockingly low. It's but not going to be more money in Shazam I, too. I promise you. I said. I said uh, last week, Connor, that given the choice of seeing Avatar or Shazam 2 first, I'm going Shazam. Uh, I've seen Avatar 2. Shazam no question. Yeah. I've seen Avatar so, 2 over Shazam 2, no question. It's not even a fate. And then I also told him, Connor, uh, this is all just the greatest hits now for people that listened last week. I was like, you're funny. You think Avatar 2 is still coming out? I, I think it's going to come out. I don't think people will be indifferent and it'll be... Do you know what's so funny? Like, there, was a, a there was a there was an interview uh, with Zoe Saldana this week, and she was doing press for something else. But they were asking her about Avatar too, because why wouldn't they? And sure. um, what was interesting is part of the reason why Avatar One took as long as it did is because Cameron helped develop the technology to record stuff in three D because he wanted yeah. to to shoot it that way. And you know, obviously, a lot of movies just converted things after that point. I mean, but the few that actually shot in three D, they used uh-huh. the tech that Avatar used. Part of the reason why Avatar 2 has taken so long, and I've not heard this mentioned before, but so said I just threw this out there, is that you 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 can't motion capture underwater. You can't simulate the water while you're doing motion capture. It's not it's not done. And then she just sort of went, but Cameron figured it out. He spent years <laughs> developing a way to motion capture I mean, underwater. It makes, again, it makes sense. It's like that joke where they talk about, you know, um, Stanley Kubrick faking the moon landing, but he's so thorough that they actually had to go to the moon to shoot it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Cameron. I just, I, yeah, I just, like, I love the idea that part of the reason why it's taken a decade to make this movie is because, wait, there's no technology to do this thing the way I want to do it. Well, everyone, stop what you're doing. I'm inventing I, it. I am not disputing that <laughs> the technological aspects of it will be impressive. I'm sure they will. But who cares? No one's arguing. No one's arguing. I'm, I'm not discussing this with you because I don't care what you think about it. So... I'm excited for a new James Cameron movie. I don't give a shit what it's called. I don't give a shit what it's a sequel to. I'm just excited for a new James Cameron movie. And I'm more excited for a James Cameron movie than I am for anything else that's coming out from DC in the next couple of years. I like I, I understand that, but I still it's funny to, to poke fun at you for it. You know? Sure. I, whatever. Poke, poke away. I don't care. I'm getting a new James Cameron movie and whatever Yeah, it only took twenty four years, but you got one. It will be eleven years. Well, no, actually, You've had about three in your entire life, Pete. Thirteen now. He has. I'm aware of this. You don't think I'm aware of the fact that like they would have been less frequent since I've been alive? It's all your fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. People people uh, got annoyed at me on Twitter because I was shitting on uh, the cinematography in Marvel movies because Batman's is so much better. <laughs> that that oh, means yeah, I haven't seen just... Batman, so I've got no opinion. <laughs> Uh, but 
Connor, you can you can watch the trailer. Imagine. You can see the trailer. Like, it's, it's... like I'm not waiting on this because I'm the sole person that still likes the MCU here. Um, <laughs> but Pete's not wrong, right? But Wait, that's I'm not, not why I watched the MCU movies. I'm not right? arguing about quality yeah. in other aspects. I'm just talking yeah. about cinematography and but the fact that they look like CW shows with better effects. I I wanted to argue just because it's Pete and I like to argue with him. I had I had nothing. Like I couldn't be like, oh well, you know the Russos, you the none. There's nothing. You can't. It's Matt Reeves had a design for Gotham for the way that he shot it, and it looks wonderful. But uh, what gets me is it. that people tend to think that because you critique one element of something, that you're throwing mm-hmm. every other and other element under the bus. Yeah, and say stuff like um. Well, people were too busy enjoying this scene to care about how it looked. I'm like, that's the, well. First that, of all, that sh- happens across everything on Twitter. Like yeah. um, with Elden Ring, there are valid complaints about the UI. I would say, sure. and just some awkward things that you know. But uh, you insulted are... something people care about, so they're going to get butthurt about but, it. But 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 apparently, you can't say a single bad thing about the game because it's a masterpiece. And it's like. It, it can be a very good game and still have problems yeah. in other elements I, I that, think we'll that, go... that it can overcome by its sheer goodness in other areas. Yeah, what gets me is that it's like if you if you critique something like cinematography in a scene and people complain, no one cares about that, which is a stupid thing to say because it's cinematography and it's a film. But it's kind of that's like, like saying nobody cares about the art in a comic book. Yeah, exactly. It's stupid. Yeah. Right. And yeah, maybe yeah, your average Joes don't think about it, but it's not like I'm saying. The cinematography is bad, therefore I don't like it. It's me saying, I felt this was underwhelming, and then I thought about why it's underwhelming, and one of the reasons why I arrived on it was underwhelming is because it looks so drab and bland and dull. And Because yeah. the scene I was... I was in, the airport. Yeah, it was the airport scene from Civil War in particular I was, I was critiquing, and it's just this really crappy location to shoot this scene, and there's nothing interesting visually going on, and it's just two rows of people in a dull grey car park setting. Um, and people get upset about it. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Yeah, I, I became the Malcolm Reynolds meme where <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> like, so, but yeah. Uh, but, anyways, Christopher Priest on Black Lantern or Black Lantern, Black Adam. I'm um, all there for it. Um, yeah. I assumed this was a mini when this was announced, mm-hmm. but I don't see any reference to that in the solicit text. No. So I, I just heard this was announced, so I didn't see the creative team on it, and I'm, uh, you know, despite where Deathstroke ended up and I stopped reading, I was enjoying it up to that point, uh, and it just kind of became a diminishing returns thing. Uh, so a fresh start here with Black Adam, um, you know, I'm here for it. I guarantee you that Deathstroke Omnibus reads amazingly, though. Oh, yeah, 100%, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. I guess yeah. that's my only real concern with this is that I did eventually fall away from Deathstroke mm-hmm. because it was just, I don't know if it was just, yeah, it didn't read as well issue by issue, spread out, mm-hmm. or if it was whatever else, but it did get a little uh, obtuse in a way for its own good. You got a little lost in the weeds in a monthly, in a monthly basis, I think. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see how this actually stacks up, but I, I, I'm still expecting a Christopher Priest book for better or worse, so... Yeah, we'll uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, 
Uh, variant's quite nice. I don't know. Is that, is that what he's made, he's made it look like in the movie? Not that I'm saying it looks like The Rock, but just the... Which variant? The, 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 the more sort of painted-looking ones. Oh, that's the main cover. Is that the main cover? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's Urban Rodriguez. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. I was just wondering if the, the, the hood look was going to be what they're shooting for in the movie. I mean, he's had the hood look before, right? Yeah. No, he, not Adam. No? Has he? No, that's yeah. a Shazam thing. No, he's had a hood no, before. I, he had a hood, had a hood. He had a hood and uh, all, all the New 52 stuff that John's did, he had a hood. Shit, I have to go back. I don't remember the hood. But it makes sense if he's the first, you know, champion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a few nice variants in here, actually. No, I'm looking at them, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for this. Like, this might be a physical, too, not just uh, digitally pick up. Yeah, I think uh, I'm running out of room. I'm going to have to sacrifice something to get more room. The wife. No. <laughs> the dog. No. The other dog. No. Unless I don't mean actual sacrifice to bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean I'm going to have to get rid of some stuff in the garage. Uh, just assume we're doing a blood sacrifice. Yeah. Yes, no. Uh, next up Last is... time I did that, did not end up well. Next up is Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, issue one. This is a four-issue mini that star. Isn't this the exact same title as the book that you just had? Uh, yes, you also missed a book. You did. Did I? You missed the Flashpoint. Oh, Flashpoint Beyond yeah. issue five. I mean, there's nothing to this. Is, you know, it's issue five of six. Uh, the only, well, the confusing thing about this is this was meant to be every two weeks, right? Uh, this was. That sounds right, yeah. But then there's only one issue here. So unless there's another one buried in the solicits, which would be weird. They've done that in the before, though. I wouldn't surprise me if we do find issue six that further down, but yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, These uh, covers, that, that Garrett's cover. Maybe the last yeah, one got delayed. There's a nice cover. But... Oh, that Captain Cold one's. Uh... Captain Cold one's good too. Yeah. It's nifty. I mean, Garrett and Zamanico, as a pair of cover artists go. Yeah. That's yeah. Up there. Well, and Zamanico's the main art. Like, everything about this tells me to stay away, but. But then you see Zermanico. Like, I see Zermanico and I see Johns, but then I see... And then Jeremy Adams, who, you know, has flashed him decent. Um, Alright, but back, back to the key, the key thing at hand, yeah. though. Nubia's got another book, which is fine, yeah. but it's titled the exact same thing as the previous miniseries you just had. Unless I'm, unless yeah. I'm forgetting what that was called. But... Oh, that was just called... Nu that was just Nubia Nubi in the Amazons. Yeah. Ah, in Nubia the... in the Amazons. Okay, it's slightly different. I apologize, but it sounded like it was the same thing to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, there you go. First year series. Uh, Stephanie Williams writing with uh, Elitha Martinez and Mark Morales on the art. So. Which is the exact same as the previous mini. So it's um, basically an ongoing book, just with mm -hmm. the Trial of the Amazons event in the middle. Yeah, yeah I guess. I mean, it depends. This case, I can see this more just been an aftermath of that, and then that's it. But, I mean, maybe they'll do more. I don't know. The variant's nicer, though. Unless that's the main cover, because sometimes they swap them around. There's, al there's also, I, I assumed it was in last month's list, but there's the Nubia Coronation special in between. I think, yeah. That so sounds this comes after that. Vaguely familiar. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's the JLE cover that's good. I was just checking to see, because sometimes they don't put the variant, or they don't put the regular cover first, and I get yeah, flipped around. Yeah, that is clearly a JLE cover. Yeah. I mean, I don't know every artist, so I can't always tell, but with that one, I can tell that's, <laughs> that's that one. I really like the, the water cover as well, which is the uh, the one after. Mm -hmm. The Frisian-esque? Yeah. 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 Uh, that's like a weird, like, quality. Like, the, the other Amazon in that cover. Uh, you mean not Electra? Yes. 
I was going to say she's got some sort of like a like a slutty street fighter thing going with a kissy face. Nubia looks great in that cover, though. I'll give you Nubia looks fantastic <laughs> in that cover. That smirk and the the, the luscious hair looks great. Yeah. All right. Uh, Poison Ivy issue one. G Willow Wilson writing with Marcio Takara on the arts. A six issue miniseries. On you go, Matt. You can. No, I just. Have you guys ever seen that tweet from Tw uh, Tyler the Creator, where he goes, "Follow me now. This is all I'm going to talk about for the next week." <laughs> That's how I felt when this got announced. Well, there's a lot of covers to this one Plus, as well. And every single cover is great. Every single cover. I, don't, I think my favorite one I only like call the, them, but sure. No, the, the one after, the, what is it, number three? I don't know who this is. Number four. Not, is not one a fan I, of, four, four of six one. is the one I like. That's the Dan Moore one. Yeah, okay. That, well, that, yeah, the Dan Moore one's wonderful. The Dan Moore one. And then the one right after that with, uh, she got the trowel. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's my favorite. I don't know who this one is. Um, I'm looking for a signature. I don't see one. The uh, the, the third one, which is very Art Germ-esque, I'm not yeah. so keen on. It's, it's a yeah. bit overly... I don't know. I quite yeah. like it. Uh, yeah. I, I really like the, the way the light streams in. If Yeah, if, if you like that style, that's fine. It's not my style whatsoever. It, it can work for me sometimes, but I, I don't mm -hmm. know. Something like... Yeah. I don't know. It, it feels like she's modeled after someone who doesn't necessarily look like everyone, like who Ivy normally looks mm -hmm. like. She looks kind right. of specifically different to me in that cover. But yeah, um, so, I, so I say I might have some new phone backgrounds. So of course. Yeah, I, I added a bunch of stuff to my desktop. Yep. Rotation. Um, but yeah, you had G. Willow Wilson and Marcia Takara, who I was just praising up and down for uh, Wonder Woman with the whole uh, duplicates. Are great for trial of the Amazons. So this is all coming up for me. Mm. Um, if mm -hmm. if this is as good as as her uh, as Wilson's one woman stuff that I enjoyed, then we're we're good to go. And I think we have the benefit of this as well with it being a six issue mini. Whereas mm -hmm. I think Wilson's uh, stuff it kind of lost a bit of steam towards the yeah. end, and um, it felt like maybe there wasn't a long term plan. Mm -hmm. necessarily whereas here it's like hey it's just a six issue mini i don't think that's she, a story i don't think that's a sign though of her on long-term books though because she did miss marvel for ages and by all accounts i know yeah. i mean yeah. specifically on that one but yeah so i think she can do a long-form books it's just that that one was kind of wasn't planned right or was yeah i don't whatever. know if editorial kind of screwed things around a bit maybe uh then we got as uh, the special uh, so as a, a five-week month in may so there's some some fifth week things here so we have dc pride 2022 issue one uh this is a ten dollar hundred page full of shorts uh we got devin grayson stephanie williams travis g Moore, Alyssa wong and others writing so we don't even have all the writers yet for this one but you can mm -hmm. expect some more we also have art by nick robles Brittany williams evan cage w scott forbes and others so still more to be announced but I will say I like the cover because they're, they're doing obviously the parade colors, but it's like uh, mm -hmm. so I, I really like the green ones, the green lantern character. Uh, to to the point where you could have almost made this just all like different lanterns, <laughs> and that'd be the, the yeah. Cover. You could have done, but that would be for a green lantern pride special. Ah, yes, for just I know, but yeah. But no, but I do like this because it it fits each of the characters in the color spectrum right there. You know, yeah. like it matches their look. You, I mean, you could say that the orange with with tim's a bit of a stretch or but 
it's, 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 it's kind of reddish, I suppose. Yeah, it's a reddish orange, but no, they all they all look like they fit. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool cover. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's neat. So I think um, just essentially, this says there's thirteen stories, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. something interesting to me is it says a multiversity teen justice kickoff story, spotlighting Kid Quick, and written by the miniseries team Danny Law yeah. and Ivan Cohen, who weren't listening listed in the. Writers and artists at the top. Ash, there you I go. don't remember that book. It's coming no, up later. It's still to come. Okay. It's, it's still yeah. coming up later. I, I had a quick glance earlier. I, I noticed that. Also, Jen Bartel of Avarian. I'm in. Heart. One of my favorite couples. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some some of the the young adult uh, graphic novels so and stuff. Were but... these not already out, or these just were, I assume they were hardcovers okay. before, and this is okay. the paperback printing. Yeah. Well, so I'll just list them quickly. Uh, I am not Starfire uh, by Mariko Tamaki. Uh, Poison Ivy Thorns by Cody Keplinger. Uh, then you have the Lolo Woods, of course, which is one of the Black Label. Uh, oh, just uh, horror books for context. We carry on. This is the uh, the Pride backlist. That's why these are being spotlighted. Gotcha. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Uh. You Brought Me the Ocean by Alex Sanchez. I don't even remember that one. But is that new? Uh, it's not no. a superhero one, I don't think. It's, yeah. not, it's just a... No, I mean, it's, it's, it might be, but it's not part no, of the... It, it's Aqualad. Yeah, it's... Is it? Yeah. It, it, the, but they call him Jake instead of Jackson. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, they, they did not market that one very well then, compared nope. to the rest. Uh, Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles by Mark Russell. Yep. That's the thing. Uh, Suicide Squad Bad Blood, this is Tom Taylor's whole uh, story, 11 issues, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, and then there's actually another special coming out, and this is by Megan Fritz-Martin, following up on the Urban Legends stuff. This it's is... actually just a reprint of the Urban Legends stuff. Oh, is that just a reprint? Oh, okay. It's, it's it's a reprint with an extra story in it. Alright, well in that case I'll just ignore it when it comes out. I assumed it was a, a new follow-up to it, but fair enough. Uh, yeah, so this is a DC Pride Tim Drake special, but... Uh, as Carter just pointed out, it is mostly a reprint of the Urban Legend yeah, stories. Yeah, it says it does collect, it reprints that, and then it has a brand new story that sees Tim forming up with the, uh, teaming up with his former Young Justice teammates and the Batgirls, uh, beginning Tim Drake's 2022 path. So I assume we'll get more. That's kind of Tim annoying because that sounds like it may be a reasonably worthwhile story, but it's only going to be what at most half the book, uh, if that. Because those those uh, issues in Urban Legends, I think they were solid like 15 pages. Maybe. Between 10 and 15. There weren't the longer ones. There weren't the full-size ones, but they were... Yeah. 10, maybe... I'd guess 12 pages if I was going to put a number on it, but... Right, but it's like a 60-page book. There's three of those to collect from Urban Legends. So assuming that's like mm-hmm. 36 pages of that. You're probably... You're maybe getting a 20-page story. Yeah. Right? Um, I suppose, to, to be fair to it, $6 for 64 pages is actually reasonable. You know, because mm-hmm. if that was 64 new pages, it would cost more than that. It's good yeah. value if you didn't read yeah. it in Urban Legends. So they're, they're kind of splitting the difference in that if you did read it, it's not as expensive as a 64-page book normally would be, but it's still much more expensive than a regular size comic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tackle that how you wish, everyone. Uh, Multiversity Teen Justice Issue 1. This was obviously referenced in that Pride special a little bit earlier. Uh, this is Issue 1 of 6. This is Ivan Cohen and Danny Lohr rating with Marcio, or sorry, Marco Falia on the art. So, yeah. So this is Kid so this Quick. Is the... This is, yeah, Kid Quick, the Future State Flash. 
Uh, and our fellow heroes, Supergirl, Robin, Aqua Girl, Clarion, and the Witch Girl. Uh, and Troy takes center stage in a miniseries, rocking from Earth 11 to its core. Um, so that's your team. <laughs> I love that Don and Troy just becomes Troy uh, <laughs> on this Earth. <laughs> like, still doesn't get a good name. Just, just their name. Just Troy. Yeah. I thought I'd try to find them, but try on its own sounds a bit. Because try on its own is a bit like Drake. It's just like, oh, it's just yeah, Drake. It's just, it's Troy so already funny. has its own connotations with the yeah. city of Troy, right? And it right? fits. You know, if they're indestructible, that makes sense, right? Just don't sure. accept gifts. It's still shit on yeah. its own, though, I think. I don't think you want to just be called yeah, Troy no, as a I superhero. Just, I, thought it's, I just think it's very funny, you know, that it's, you know, Donna Troy always, like, we can't find her a non Wonder Girl good name. You know, uh, just her name is what she goes by. But well, it's because Wonder, Wonder Woman still Wonder Woman, so she can't go up right. to women. So she has to. Right. I don't know. Um, just pick, just do an eight wing thing. Just be like Wonder Bird yeah. or something. I don't know. Something. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, something. I think what we're establishing here is they need to do the Captain Marvel route of giving Wonder Woman a promotion. Yeah. To something else, so that then Donna Troy can become Wonder Woman. Can mm. all can all move up a spot. Wonder Woman could become Wonder. But then wife. Cassie is just Cassie, and we can't do that. Shh. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> Anyways, no, this is exciting. I mean, uh, I'm here for teenage superhero stuff. Like that's that's my demo. So. I really like the uh, the Stephanie Hans variant as well. It's the Robin. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a Stephen Byrne variant. Yeah, it's also pretty nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, that Robin covers actually. There's a few of these covers here actually for this one. Yeah, I I like pretty much all of them except the main one, which is uh the uh, the second image on Newsarama. Yeah, so, which I think is pretty yeah. obvious. But... Well, um, see, you can tell this one easily because it's got like, the logo and stuff on. Because usually, the, if Ethan's going to have yeah. that, will be the main cover. Yeah. Uh, so the anyone else getting um like uh, what's her name Emmy vibes from this Robin. Like, oh, I could kind of see it. Just, just the smirk here, putting up the hair with the battering. Sure, uh, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, but I can see that. Uh, so moving on, we got the Flash Fast Man Alive issue three. This is the one that's uh, based in the movie universe, I think. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. Maybe an easy skip. The one that we all know we all care about, right? Oh yes, we all care deeply about that Flash movie. Yeah, can't wait. The one that's now going to come out. Nine years after Ezra Miller was cast in the role. Point now again. Objectively funny. Yeah. Aquaman the Flash, Void Song, issue one. This is a Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly story, art by Vasco uh, Georgiev, or Georgiev, maybe? Georgiev. Georgiev, there you go. I only know that because that's a, the same last name as a hockey goalie. So, ah, very I'm used good. to hearing That's, that's very yeah. Eastern European yeah. slash so, Georgiev. This is a miniseries, but notably, it's not Black Label, but it's kind of been presented like one in the sense that it's three issues that are oversized. You know, it's the prestige three-issue mm -hmm. miniseries. Yeah, I think and this is the one, I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, that was announced to explicitly to tie in with the upcoming Flash and Aquaman movies that both, I think, got pushed. Yeah, yeah, they're both next year now. Uh, yeah, yeah, so this this yeah. will yeah. this will both this will be long done by the time either of those I, movies. I wouldn't out. be surprised if we get a similar situation to Adam with Shazam, where even though they've solicited yeah. this now, they actually push it. Yeah, they may. Yeah. They'll... Man, it was just funny because at the beginning of the show, Pete was talking about how much DC tries, and it, this 
Solicitor just, just shows that they're trying. They're trying. They're, they're trying so hard, bless them. Yeah, it's, so, just, it's just not working out for them. Sadly, the creative team's not exactly thrilling me with excitement, but that's what it is. They're maybe not the most exciting, but Lindsay and Kelly often turn out really solid stories. Yeah. Apparently, they're tackling Captain America over at Marvel because okay. they were, one of them was tweeting from Disneyland and they went and saw the Marvel or um, the Avengers campus. Mm. And so when they were there, they um, went and took their picture with Captain America and they said something about working for the company that writes the stories um, and said they have something with Cap in mind to Cap. Uh, which I thought was a fun story. Uh, but that would, you know, I, I would the, like to the, read Cap. They're, they're not names that generally speaking me excited for anything, mm-hmm. but I'd say it's like eight times out of ten, I enjoy whatever I read from them. Yeah. I don't know if I'm quite that high on the number. It's probably more like 50-50 uh, uh, for me. Uh, but Like, enjoy, not love, but just like, no, that, that was enjoyable. I, like, I'd, I'd go, yeah, I'd read that. It was worthwhile. They, they did a, a Birds story, right? And they've done some... They had some Green Arrow issues way back. They had some Nightwing issues as well, I believe. That's right. Between... Yeah, uh... they're, they're not terrible. I, I just, but they're not exciting. Yeah. There's nothing exciting about those names. At least right now. They could always earn excitement. You know, people get better. People improve their craft. So this is a thing. But mm-hmm. uh, Earth Prime 5, The Flash. Uh, this is TV. It's the TV shit. show. Yeah. yeah. So, moving on. Uh, Earth Prime crossover, issue 6. Moving on. Uh, DC vs. Vampires Killers issue 1 this is a one shot uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg art by Mike Borden didn't we have a, a one shot announced for this last month as well that sounds familiar I feel like we've done this this conversation before yeah uh, so this is so maybe it's just a series of one shots they're doing alongside the well this one's set after the book I know that mm. yeah I got yeah. Harley on the cover here yeah uh, yeah I don't know, I'm, I'm fine with them expanding it a little bit. I mean, don't go nuts, but... Hey, I'm okay with uh, Rosenberg writing monsters. So, mm-hmm. um, has yet to let me down. Yeah, I mean, I, I've not had a, a bad issue of Vampires yet. It's been fun consistently, so mm-hmm. I, I find it hard to complain. Uh, Milestone in History, issue one. This is your other... Well, this is actually not... This isn't... Uh... No? No. Uh... This, this, is, this, this is seems mid- like good. Yeah, so I was going to say, I was about to say this is another fifth week thing, but whatever occurred to me was that last fifth week because that was actually the fifth week of the previous month. So, because we're doing June solicits. Uh, right. So, this is middle of the month, but this is a, a 96 page, $10 one shot, uh, obviously dealing with Mailstone. Uh, we've got a big mm-hmm. list of creators here Reginald Hudlin, Pat Charles, uh, oh God, uh, Tana Reeve. Tananarive? Yeah, there was an extra syllable in there I missed. Uh, yeah. Apologies if I'm butchering that. Tananarive do. Tananarive. Uh, Karen Parsons, Alice Randall, uh, Turi, uh, and others with art by Ray Anthony 8, Jamal Eagle, uh, Arvel Jones, Dominique Domo Stanton, Ron Wilson, and more. So, uh, so much like the Pride special, this is another big special with a lot of stories dealing with the Maelstone universe. Seems like it's the history of, which is, you know, I know next to nothing about Milestone. It's the history of that they're selling on the fight, the shocking final page that points to the history, uh, to, to points to the future of the Milestone universe. But yes, hmm. we, everyone wants to buy a ten dollar ninety six page book for the final page. 
don't know. It feels a little bit cheap. Yeah. I mean, if you, I think if you invested in the Maelstone universe... You're it up anyways. Yeah, if you invest in the Maelstone mm-hmm. universe and you've got these batches of miniseries that it's been kind of coming out in, I don't know if having one expensive one-shot when a lot of those books aren't currently running, there's a couple of them because they're coming up next in the solicits, but I feel like if you're into Maelstone, this probably is a tantalizing issue, I expect. I, I, I don't dispute that. I just feel like the uh, the selling it on the final page reveal in a book that's $10 feels a little bit slimy to me. This, this is the Maelstone equivalent of, uh, like, you know, your, your, your Rebirth one-shot or something like that. Not, I'm not saying right. it's a one-to-one, but it's... But, yeah, no, I, I agree in terms of the, the concept of the, the content of the book overall, but... Again, it, it it's just explicitly selling the future of, on one page. Kind of feels a little bit off to me. It's just marketing jargon, to be honest. It, it, no, it is, and, and, and that's what I dislike. Yeah, uh, so sticking with Maelstone, you got Blood Syndicate Season 1, Issue 2, uh, and then the hardcover for Icon and Rocket Season 1 uh, is in the solicits there. And uh, then you got Duel, Issue 2, this is the one Greg Pak's writing. So, that's mm-hmm. also part of Maelstone, so there you go. Uh, and then we move on to Batman's Mystery Casebook, uh, which is... Sounds like a fun kid thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's got a really you know, young, cartoony art style. I mean... Charlie Fish does just the kid mm-hmm. stuff exclusively, right? I think now, yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the artist, so I'll take a word for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Christopher uh, Uminga is the artist in particular. Uh, you got My Buddy Killer Croc. Again, another young kid's graphic novel. Uh, and then they're doing a reprint of all of Jeff John's Earth One uh, Batman books in one big soft cover. So he got all three volumes wow. in one big book. Yeah. Do I need to read volume three? I have not no. read it. I haven't read okay. volume three actually, so I don't know. It's fine. Uh, what's who's? What's the story, Hunter? I'll be honest. I don't even remember. I remember Damn. reading it and being like, "Eh, this was fine," but I couldn't tell you much about volume two either. I don't think I read Volume 2 yet. I think I've only read the first one. Volume, volume 2 does some interesting things with, with Two-Face in the whole uh, year one relationship with Gordon, Bruce, slash Batman. And I know I've read the Harvey. I remember parts of the first one, and even that's probably only because I reread it more recently compared to other ones. But I, honestly, I don't, I don't think I could massively recommend this book overall. I'd recommend it more than Superman Earth One, if that's any. I mean, if if it's a choice between the two and you have to buy one, yes. But I I like the first volume. Yeah, the, the four, first the volume is pretty good. Though for this, I, I don't think. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I'd recommend it more than most of the Earth One stuff I've read because I read Teen Titans so, Earth One, and I'd recommend yeah, Batman Teen Titans Earth One. Turn me off from Earth One. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I'd recommend Wonder Woman Earth Done. One, the, the Grant Morrison yeah, and that one's good. stuff. That's that- good. It was so weird, though, because it was Jeff Lemire that Teen Titans, right? So it's not like it yeah. was some... No, it just... It was a... It was a Teen Titans story, but it was just so off of what Teen Titans usually is. And it's just... It didn't feel like Lemire. Like, it was no, kind of missing no. that Lemire charm. So... I, I think it was almost yeah. a case of Lemire, you have to make it really different to every Teen Titans. So he just kind of did stuff for different sake and ultimately just didn't have the heart that mm-hmm. you want it to have. Uh, Superman 78 graphic, well, the, the collection, I should say, the, the trade. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah. coming out. As a, that. Yeah, and then Batman Volume 6 Abyss. It makes sense they didn't change the volume numbering for this because it turns out Williamson's run's not a run, it's just a arc. An <laughs> so, arc. Well, and, and what's really weird about this is you've got the Abyss arc and this uh, 124, which was the issue solicited this month, which is after the crossover. Yeah. So you've got to read the, you know, most of this book, stop and go and read the, uh, the, the, the crossover trade when that ever comes out. And then come back and finish this one. Well, I mean, I assume that that one two four issue, while it is billed as an aftermath to the the crossover, is probably the reason why it's in this trade and not just in the crossover trade is probably because it does do some general stuff that sets up where Batman is for the status quo for when mm-hmm. you know it's volume possible, seven yeah. or if they renumber it to volume one when Zarsky starts his run and whatever. It but... depends how long Zarsky stays on it, right? Although I'm hoping for a while because I'm I'm enjoying pretty much everything I read from him right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Comics 1044, uh, what's notable about this is that it seems that the War World saga is going to include some Metropolis stuff uh, down the line here. So, I think it's interesting. It says to me, um, it says then in a world without Clark Kent. So I'm assuming that's that, the backup. That's the backup with uh, the Dave Lappin art, but still think it's written by Johnson. So, mm. I mean, so yes. compared to the other backups, it is more tied into War World it, than they it have been. It feels like we'll probably start reading the backups for this issue yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to all the other ones that we just haven't yeah. been. I mean, that yep. cover of Superman in the, the 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 chain version of his outfit uh, does look like it's in a city, though. And it's got... Um, I'm assuming that's the variant. Though. A really nice cover. Well, it's a variant, yeah. But So, I mean, that's kind of irrelevant to what's actually happening in the book, right? Well, not always. <laughs> not always. It's possible. Uh, we got Aquaman issue five. Um, yeah, Manta is on their side apparently. I guess. Yes, they're all crossing their uh, their tridents together. Crossing tridents. Yeah. Uh, that's just a, that's some sort of euphemism, to be honest. It is. <laughs> it does, <yeah. laughs> they're all playing with each other's tridents. Uh, Batgirl's issue seven. Guest artist. So, Corona Ism needs a break. Uh, probably, yeah, because he's been on all issues up until this point. Uh, so Robbie Rodriguez is doing the art for this issue. So, uh, that variant cover is a little bit too anime for my taste, but it does crack me up. The one with the white uh, background is nice, though. I kind of love all of them. The third though, cover. Yeah. The, the second one is very chibi, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of love it anyway. Ace cons- hugging Damien. Yeah. Uh, like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they've had one yeah, of those, those, those covers every month, though, so that's not a surprise to have yeah. the... I, I like uh, Babs covering up Bitewing's eyes when uh-huh. the film's going on. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, yeah, the whole Bat family watching a movie together. No, Notably except Bruce, though, admittedly, but that's just par for yeah, the course. Yeah, shit about Bruce. Bruce can't go to the movies because, like me, he gets irritated by stupid people. Mm. I, I think he gets PTSD. Or that. You know what, Connor? That's a lot better. Damn it, right there. <laughs> Nah. I really thought that's where you were going with it at first as well. No. Uh, we got Batman Beyond New Year issue three. Uh, I forgot this existed, but there is. Uh, so that's cool. Batman Beyond the White Knight issue four. So that's running along as well. Batman Fortress issue two. This is the Gary Whitta book that we spoke about from last solicits. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that is. With a great cover. Oh yeah, the cover's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, it's just that that glowing the... orange with the otherwise monotone or monochrome kind of look to it yeah yeah it's so good 
I think that's the variant cover, but I love it. Yeah, making variants better. The fills. How dare they? Yeah. I mean, it's not fillicious. Like, it makes people buy extra that's, covers. That's exactly but, why they do it. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's, it's just, it's, it's weird. To, to be the regular artist and know that they're, they're, they're paying someone who does better covers than you I, to. I would say your, your saving grace is that as a regular artist is you're probably doing the regular cover because you're the interior artist, which is your book. You're getting all that money for every page. They, they hired you to do the book, whereas whoever's doing the cover, chances are they're just, a lot of the time they're just cover artists and they're just doing yeah. covers that month. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Uh, all right, you got Batman Killing Time issue four. It's the Tom King Batman mini that's ongoing. We just had issue one a couple of weeks ago. That uh, it was fairly entertaining. So yeah. I like the variant where Batman's punching a tiger. Because unless like you're Batman, you, you only well. get to do that once. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, it's not like it's just one tiger either. He's he's, he's taking on three no, tigers. But he's he's got a you know uppercut going like he's playing uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah. Uh, next up, Batman the Night issue six, which is six of ten. Is this always ten issues? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> That's why the pacing, which I thought the same thing to Pete till this week when I checked the numbering, uh, I was like, oh, this is why the pacing feels weird for a. Uh, I thought it was six issues. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's always been ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, Batman Urban Legends issue sixteen. Uh, got Katana on the cover there with uh. Miracle Molly and mm-hmm. but Shiva, is that uh, something interesting? Seems like it. And then uh, not Red Hood? Like, I don't know who this guy is. I assume we were talking about last year, because this is a continuation of the uh, the new Birds of Prey book. Well, mm-hmm. not book, but okay. story that we were talking about last time. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, they got Batman Catwoman issue 12, so that's finally wrapping up. And Tom King's mm-hmm. finally doing a Bat Cat wedding. The, the cover would certainly imply as much, yeah. Uh, see if it goes through it this time. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I mean, they did get married at some point because in the story, in the future, they were married. They have yeah, been married. Okay, so. so he does go through with it then. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest, issue four. Obviously, we'll talk about issue one later, but we got some Hal Jordan Green Lantern in this, this cover. That so. cover, man. Just, I feel this is more as hush, where they're just like, give me things to draw. Mora can do right. no wrong. Yeah. 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 The 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 uh Freddie Williams super nineties uh-huh. Mora Superman cover in the second one as well. I'm I'm for it. Batman with massive tree trunk ties. Yeah. yeah. Although there's right, also that dude's squatting cars. There is a Rosmo cover, so don't avert your yeah, eyes. Yeah, like... But but here's the thing though, that I feel the Rosmo art fits Bizarro. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's also a Catwoman and Lois Lane cover as well. Uh, there's a lot of Catwoman that. variants recently. There was one on the um, the one of the other Bat books. I think it was Killing Time had a had a Catwoman variant as well. Hmm. I, I, well, I assume in this case they may actually be in the story in some. You know, the, the mm-hmm. idea that it's Catwoman mm-hmm. and Lois is because it's the two kind of love interests. Uh, right. Yeah, maybe. Up here, but... uh, it's a Derek Chu cover as well. Those mm-hmm. tend to be pretty nice. Uh, Catwoman issue 44 coming out, uh, as as it has done, even though I've fallen off the book, the covers have been generally... All three of those covers are fran- just fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the one on the motorbike is probably my favourite. Uh, I think that's nice. the main cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's, 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 it's the red and Harley really pops because it's got a really cool color palette otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So, really nice. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel issue 7, Tom Taylor's book, continuing on. Batman is riding a dragon. That That is true. It is literally a white knight. Uh, it is, but it's, it's Dan Mora drawing Batman drawing a dragon. How well, can you not we, want this? As we established in the last issue, Batman is now going to be a better Superman than Superman, and that's... Shut up! <laughs> and how, how else does he achieve that except by riding dragons? Exactly. Uh, Deathstroke Inc. issue 10. Um, notable on this. Mm-hmm. New writer. Oh, yeah, present writing. Huh? Well, there's yeah. too much to do. That's that's the thing. Well, nasty going and, uh, on. Dexter Soyon art. Which I think is new as well, and also this is, uh, as I said, this is Deathstroke Year One. Oh my God! I, 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 I've got a sore hand just looking at that variant cover with all the detail. Oh my God! Oh my God! How much? That is. That's a excessive. lot of work. Yeah, that's that's a lot of drawing. <laughs> that poor artist hand. <laughs> That is, that is how you give yourself carpal tunnel. Yeah. Uh, There's th- a bear playing in the, an accordion yeah. in there. Uh, yeah. Next up, Detective Comics like 1061. Mariko Tamaki with Nadia Shamus on the art. Has it been the same co-writer on each issue of this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, of this, yeah, of yeah. this one. Since, since it started in the post-Tower world, yeah. uh, same yep. co-writer. Interesting. I wonder if this is like Nadia Shamus has been sort of, you know, dro- groomed and trained to take over after Tamaki like- leaves. Yeah, like uh, Tynan was. Yeah, I have a I have a graphic novel from her pre-ordered that oh. actually came out this past week called Squire. It's like a youngish adult uh, urban fantasy kind of thing, but it looks kind of cool. Um, Very Connor. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, but my copy is delayed by like three weeks because of Damn. printing delays. So, but it, my, my whole Twitter feed is going up mad about it and saying it's fantastic. So I'm looking forward to getting that. Yeah, so that's cool. I'm curious to see how this post-Tower uh, batch mm-hmm. issues uh, turns out with the co-writer, because uh, obviously I like Tamaki a lot, so I'm curious to see mm-hmm. what the... I thought it was a little weird with this solicit, calling it, like, Mommy Talia. Yeah, that was, that was a bit strange, uh, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, art by Ivan Reese and Danny Mickey. Uh, it's the same as we've had for the last year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that Riddler cover well enough. Mm-hmm. So, mm. nice. There's a Behermo cover, which, you know, uh, you know what to expect with that. Uh, Fables 152, so that's uh, back and Fables. still going strong, uh, yeah. as it is. Uh, Future State Gotham issue 14, so that's still going. I'm shocked that's still going, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that did feel like one. And it probably will still not last very long. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if it gets to like maybe 18 or something like that. Ooh, there's a, a weird thing in the Newsarama article here, or if you scroll through those covers, you'll see a familiar one. Oh, yeah, that's one of the Batgirls cover. Yeah. It's a bit of a glitch. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Harley Quinn issue 16. uh, Connor's favourite book with some Rosmo. How is it still Rosmo? God damn it. Look at Harley's eyes on that cover. (laughs) Which Harley? Oh, the the, the one in the the, the Jester outfit. Which I assume is the fake Harley, I'm assuming. Yeah, but the big, big white ovals. (laughs) <laughs> they're supposed to be eyes. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I am Batman issue 10 uh, with your, your Jace, your Jace mm-hmm. slash Tim Batman. Uh, and then you got Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes issue 4, which I know Matt will be reporting on. Matt, claim, Matt claims now that he won't, but he's also just caught up on Justice League, yes. so he will. I might have already read the first issue. 
<laughs> Monkey Prince issue five, so that's still chugging along nicely. Uh, Naomi season that two. great. Yeah, Naomi season two issue four. Uh, so that's going. Oh, that doesn't things don't look good for uh, her mechanic friend. Oh, is it buddy. me or is it just like a fairly messy cover? I don't know. Maybe it is just me, but there's something about the separation that, of that figure, the, you know, the mechanic friend. I'm assuming. Yeah, but I think that's what they're going for. It's like a chaotic image. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nightwing issue 83. Oh, that's a cover. 93. Uh, 93, yes. Yeah. That's a cover. Redondo can do no wrong. Nope. I mean, the, the Jamal uh, Campbell cover is also nice because they usually oh, are. Good. But This, this is you one of the rare, rare exceptions of where the, the, the variants just do not stack up to the main it's, covers. No, the main it, cover is beautiful. 2022 and Nightwing is my favorite book right now. Do you know what? And I'm just very happy. Yeah, it's the yellow and Batgirl's cape just really gives it. It's, it's, it's like a flag. It looks like a flag. It matches almost. the sunshine, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. just for the opposite, I wasn't here last week with the uh, Superman Sonic yeah. LL, mm-hmm. which is the second part of the Nightwing mm-hmm. crossover. Look, uh, Superman Sonic LL is a fine book, but those two issues, uh, you know, Nightwing and then that, were. Clearly, the best two issues that books had, and I just I, I don't because it's obviously Tom Taylor's on both books. Maybe, maybe it's Redondo that, that that's missing. You know, it's just missing that spark. Because <laughs> Redondo did that issue, and all of a sudden, it's goddamn phenomenal. Ah, uh, I would say phenomenal, but they're good. Uh, it was easily the best issue of that, that series, though. It was uh, it's, it's just the inclusion of Dick. There's just there's this sort of heart that comes along with Dick. It that does just, help. Yeah, that just makes it shine. Uh, it's all about the inclusion of Dick. If you like, if you want something to be better, just shove Dick in it, and it'll be better <laughs> immediately. It's a fact of science. I'm sorry I said anything. Oh dear. Uh, Robin issue fifteen. Not looking good for the family. The uh, ghoul. There's a dead Al Ghoul. We're back to the Lazarus Island. Flatline's still in it. Mm-hmm. Damien's brooding. Things are normal. I like that cover, actually. The one that's just the uh, yeah. like the knife in the family photo. Mm-hmm. Also, just the idea that there's a family photo with Batman in his bat suit, Robin in his Robin suit, and Tally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's the, the main cover as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rogue's Issue 4, uh, the book that I'm sure we're all excited for because it's such a fantastic idea. Start soon, right? It starts soon, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It must be well. This is this is issue four. This is the final issue uh, being solicited, so it must be must be That's starting next point, month, right? yeah. Oh, this really month, this month, one. yeah. So, not not really looking forward to that. The covers have all been great as well. Um, so, <laughs> oh my god, that cover! He's wearing the dynamite diamond ring, Pete. <laughs> that beautiful diamond ring, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Scooby Doo, where are you? 116, Suicide Squad Blaze, issue 3, uh, Superman Son of Kal El, issue 12. Which uh, I'll just throw in my extra piece of news here mm-hmm. uh, because uh, Kian Tommy, who is the regular artist on Son of Kal El, has been made a DC exclusive this week. Oh, ah, nice. okay, there you go. Yeah, she's always nice because you yeah, know, he's solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sad by that news uh, by any means. Uh, Task Force Z issue nine. So still doesn't say final issue. Oh, it says nine or twelve. Well, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's a twelve issue series. Um, also that, that wasn't always that was not always the twelve issue series. 
Yeah. That was an ongoing so. to start with. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. No, because I, I remember even saying when it started, it's weird that this has been billed as an ongoing. So at some point that has shifted to 12 issue minutes, which honestly is fine. I think it's fine. I don't think it needs to go forever. But. Do you think it changed into being a miniseries or was it more a, they forgot to kind of include that information the, at I mean, some point? I don't know if it changed, yeah. It may just be publicly they never announced it was a 12 issue series until I, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I like to think that it's they're starting to write things like this in chunks. So we'll get 12 and then Rosenberg will go do something for a minute and then come back to Task Force Z. Do um, a second season. Yeah, that's yeah. how I think a lot of the stuff's going now. Yeah, it is. Uh, also, I, obviously I'm not reading this book, so that, you know, I haven't got like a strong opinion, but that, that the solicit text starts with, are we the baddies in, in mm-hmm. italics, which means it, I'm assuming it, they are aware that it's a quote. I'm, like, I'm assuming they're quoting that Mitchell and Webb look sketch. I mm-hmm. suspect so, yeah. Which, I mean, automatically, I like this book more than I did. I mean, the the, the phrasing is exactly that line, so I think it yeah. is. It's just, yeah. It's, it's not like it just says, are we the bad guys? It's not, are we the baddies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I love that sketch. Uh, the Flash 783. Um, it's a Dark Crisis mm-hmm. tie-in. Uh, that's what it is. Three-issue tie-in uh, in, in, the, in the main book. Look at that. Shut up, I don't care. Oh, now he doesn't care. I, I got to fight Connor for a solid five minutes. Uh, it's irrelevant now. Um, yeah, okay. I'm, I mean, I'm okay with it, whatever. Um, yeah. But it's, it's nice that Wally and Wallace get to... Yeah. Go and search for Barry Allen. Yeah, team up a bit. Well, to be fair, this one actually does make a lot of sense that... Um, you know, Barry's went missing through all this like Infinite Frontier stuff that's been going on. It does make sense that the people who eventually say we have to go look for him are the other Flash characters. So there is some logic to this, at least. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, and unlike the crossover that it's currently tied into, I will be reading Dark Race, so, <laughs> so I will be invested in what's going on. Also, I get the impression as well that this one might read relatively well, even if you're not reading Dark Crisis, because it's focusing mm-hmm. on like a single plot that it's doing on its own. It's possible. Not the Wednesday. Uh Joker issue fifteen. Final uh, issue. Was the final issue, yeah. Um Yeah, which we knew for a long time. Because they said ages ago that's when it was wrapping yeah, known up. Known since like yeah. October or something like that. So uh that is cool. Uh it's got a killing joke looking variant as well. Uh, although it's notably it's a smartphone that he's holding and not a camera, which is a nice update. Nice yeah, touch. clever. Uh, Jurassic League issue two. With the absolute wrong creative team labelled in the solicits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, there's 9 of 12. <laughs> it says 9 of 12, which is they definitely def- wrong. Yeah, they, they definitely accidentally copied the text for Nice House on the nice Lake House. here, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah, it's issue two of six or seven, six, whatever it was. I think it was, yeah. Uh, so, okay. Uh, and then Sam and... Bizarro Soul. Can we talk about Bizarro yep. Soul? Bizarro I mean, I was going to move on swiftly, but sure. <laughs> Still, but Bizarro Soul, if you want. Um, the, there's, the variant on this one is a dinosaur, like a fossil dig. Yeah, I like that but one more, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's so good. That is good. Yeah, it's basically just fossils, but there's like a red cape around one and like a lasso on another one. And there's yeah. a trident. Yeah. Data rings. It's good. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, Sandman Universe Nightmare Country issue three. So that's still going on. Is the that... exciting thing about that one for me is uh, Sorrentino's the guest artist this time. 
Yeah, and this is the Ooh. Titan book. Uh, it's got a creepy cover with a bit of steak. I don't like that be- cover. Being fed to an eye, which is also a I mouth. I love it. It's terrifying. In I, you know how Connor way. feels about needle stuff? That's how I feel about eye stuff. I don't like seeing anything when when eyes are involved. So that just... You know. not, there's no eyeball there. You no, know, I know, but just the whole area. I'm just... I'm, I'm oh, assuming this is the smile, the smiling man that is referenced in the solicit, because he he smiles from his eyes as well. I mean, on the upside, Matt, at least uh, yours doesn't get in the way of stuff that actually get, True. is is part just, of life. <laughs> no, just my eye doctor yelling at me when they have to do the eye puff test because I keep blinking because uh, my reaction because I can't not. Mine doesn't get in the way of tries. important. Huh? Mine mine doesn't get in the way of anything that's important. Oh no, yeah, just a, a just a vaccination for a, a pandemic that's ongoing. I can wear a mask. <laughs> I still wear a mask, unlike pretty much everyone else. Before you know it, Connor's gonna be taking his big rig to Canada. Honestly, it's been weird this this week at work. Um, like Monday just gone is uh, they finally lifted the fact that we don't have to wear masks. Mm-hmm. You can choose to, but obviously most people stopped. But it's it's weird because there are some people whose face I've I, I've worked with for over a year and I've only just seen their full face for the first time. Because this is the, the first time since I started that we didn't have to wear a mask. And they're all ugly. You're so shocked how oh, ugly Lord, they are. Lord, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, the, the Swamp Thing issue 14, uh, of 16, of course, now. Oh, so I'm uh, sorry to have this back. Yeah, so obviously... The Greenland and the Swamp Thing cover. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just about to come back. Uh, this month, I think, yeah. or next month, maybe. But month. yeah, so that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, Green Lantern tease is interesting. And we got Wonder Woman seven eight eight, uh, with uh, our usual team. Hey, Lupacino art. To, back to the psycho stuff. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm happy. I'll be happy to have that boot back to its normal form. Interesting mm-hmm. as well. It's bringing back the uh, adventure, the young Diana stuff at the back because that, yeah. that was finished for a while. Oh, yeah, they, they were doing the they were doing the trial of the Amazons build yeah. up uh, mm. back so, then. Yeah, I guess yeah. it takes a break. They've got time to do a sequel story. So yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, Wonder Woman Evolution issue eight. So that's still going on. Um, and then we're on to just the uh, the trades and collections and after that's that. That's the uh, final issue of Evolution, by the way. Oh, is it okay? Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, volume two of the No Man's Land Omnibus, which I forgot they did a volume one to be honest, but that's cool. That you can get it all in a couple of big books. Because uh, the the big thick trades they put out, it's like four volumes of like five hundred pages each, so it makes sense They're that's hefty, aren't they? Yeah, so it makes sense that that's two omnibus size. Uh, what's interesting though, I don't know if the first omnibus included it, but uh, the stuff that leads into No Man's Land, like uh, Cataclysm, which is the actual earthquake, um, mm-hmm. I would say that that plus Road to No Man's Land, which also isn't included, because if you see if you're reading the thick trades, you have two thick Road to No Man's Land trades and then four No Man's Land trades. So I don't know what was included in the first omnibus, but I would hope that you get some of that. <laughs> I would say, given that this is just over a thousand pages mm-hmm. for volume two, probably those weren't included. So I would say, go. I hope but they do a Road to No Man's Land omnibus then. It's, yeah, I was going to say, it's possible there was a Road to No Man's Land omnibus. Yes. You didn't notice. And if not, go grab the trades and read those before you read No Man's Land. Because there's a lot yeah. of important build-up to it that I think is actually quite relevant. Uh, Batman Secret Files... This is all those uh, secret files one shots mm-hmm. that happened, which tie in heavily to the uh, the Tynan, the uh, fear state stuff, yeah. uh, fear state, yeah. So, 
cool. Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries Volume Two, uh, the Black Manta trade for that miniseries coming out. Yep. Uh, there's a Brightest Day Omnibus coming Ooh. out. Yeah, it's just a reprint, I think. Is that a reprint? Yeah. Uh, back when I read that the first time, it was the three single hardcovers that I read. Uh, Dang. Back in the day, yeah, eight issues each. Uh, Injustice Gods Among Us Year Zero Complete Collection. Legends of paperback version. Yeah, Legends of the Dark Knight. Uh, this is the, the digital series, I assume. Uh, yes, it's the one that was like last year, I think. Yeah. Uh, New Teen Titans Volume Fourteen. So this is current. Continue to collect and the, uh, print the final uh, volume of it. The uh, the Wolfman Perez stuff. Yeah, because yeah, they got up to like Omnibus Volume Five or something like that. So yeah, this is them yeah, finishing the is, trades it. of it. Yeah. So that's neat. It's nice that they have finished it, and you can go and just get all of those trades and just have a nice, nice stack on your shelf. Right? Well, it's you know, if it's, you want that. it's one of the most prominent runs in DC history. It's kind of the it was the big the big run of the eighties. You know, no, 80s. I, I agree, but I, I obviously there's a lot of things like this that fall off. But you know, fourteen trades is still a lot. Uh, like the the Hellblazer one that it was mm. like thirty odd trades that collected the entire thing. They finished that. Uh, maybe there's still one more to come out, but I think it's solicited. Um, but just the fact that you can get all of that, I think, is very impressive. The the, the commitment there that they, they followed through on it all. No, it's good. It's good that they they put the the work and the effort into actually wrap it all up. But there is a lot of runs that did not get finished, but they just gave up after oh, yeah. three trades, which is really upsetting. But I, I guess the sales just want that to justify it, right? Which is disappointing. But yeah, uh, Pennyworth collecting that Pennyworth. Uh, high-end series. I still love the, the, that cover. I, I, all the Faunus covers that they had for that book were great. Suicide Squad Volume 2 Ambushed. Current Suicide Squad series, I assume? Yes. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's building up to the Earth 3 stuff, so it must be. Yeah. Uh, it says a lot, though, that I, I, I can't just look at the art and the logo and tell that it's the current series. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, so that's coming out. Uh, is that a hardcover to start with? No, oh, it's just the paperback, interestingly. Ah, I'm sure there'll be a deluxe layer. I wanted Bet Cotter's left Nutsack on it. Well, Nutsack, you know I'd I mean? rather not, because I don't want it. The book, not not the Nutsack. <laughs> you can have a second Nutsack if you want. Uh, I just want to keep the one I've got, if that's alright. It'll be empty, though. It'll just be a dangling Nutsack with nothing in it. That's nothing new. Is it still a nut sack if there's nothing in it, though? Isn't it just a sack? I mean, yeah, because it's still designed. There's a shell in there. It's, it's still designed for nuts, though. Like, if you have a, a potato sack that is, you know, a canvas potato sack and there's no potatoes, it's still a potato sack. No, no, yeah, if, if you're, a sack. If, no, if, if, you're, if you're making, like, nut milk and you've got, like, a nut milk bag, even if you're not making it and you haven't got the nuts in there, it's still a nut milk bag. Yeah, it's still what it's designed for. Uh... If you have sorry, a, I'm eternally 13 years old and I can't help it. If you have a rack <laughs> for your for your tools and there's like a there's like a one specific rack for hammers, just because it's empty doesn't mean it's suddenly not the hammer rack. It's still the hammer rack. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just Matt, could you could you not handle the thought of the nut milk bag? No, he laughed at nut milk. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mascot jizz on the brains. Uh, no, only the brains. <laughs> well, maybe he plays his cards right. It was bad. <laughs> uh, Teen Titans Academy Volume 1 X marks the spot uh, everyone was such a big fan of that here uh, Animal Man Omnibus uh, new printing of that so yeah it's the, the Morrison one which obviously you're working through at the minute uh-huh. I have the, the old printing of it I definitely recommend it 
it's a nice harmony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing that may be different about it, maybe if uh, they've improved, if they, sometimes they, if they improve their binding over time, the new the new edition may have a slightly better. It's very possible that this version is the superior version. Yeah, uh, but there's no way of knowing before it comes out. No, and people get to check it. Because back when they first started doing omnibuses, they, they switched the sewn binding, and it was better than the glued, but it was a bit stiff compared to like the Marvel omnibuses, which were much better. But then they kind of improved it in they, over they've time. They've gotten better over the years. Yeah. I haven't read the, the Animal Omni in years, so I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what that one was like. But I don't mm. remember it being terrible when I read it. Uh, Green Lantern Season 2, Volume 2, Ultra War. This is the Grant Morrison Green Lantern series, the, the final trade, maybe? Yeah? Yeah. So, there you go. And that's it. That's that's, that's that's June all wrapped up and in the bag. We made uh, it. But there is there's actually one bit of news that I've got as well uh, to yeah. add on to this. Uh, this is uh, coming in October, but they've announced it because it's got a bit of celebrity attached to it. Uh, which and is, because the movie is hot right now. Yeah, so Paul Dano, who plays Riddler in The, the Batman, is going to be writing a Riddler Year One six-issue series, which is going to start in October, which is... Yeah, you know, a bit of a stunt, but I mean, if he really can, and obviously it's the Riddler that's in the movie that he's writing this about. This is yeah. this is maybe the movie version of the Riddler. So intriguing to see how that goes. Um, artist is Stephen Subic, who apparently is known mm. for his work on Conan and Tarzan stories in the European market. I was actually this will be to... his this will be his American comics debut. I was actually skimming to see the artist, so I'm glad you found it because it's it's, yes, it's in the paragraph Newsarama somewhere. Buried it in the third paragraph out out of five, so just just randomly in the middle of the article. Yeah, so uh, the cover they released for it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's interesting that DC have been doing this lately. Like they've done with a lot of the, I say a lot, you know, a handful of the CW actors kind of writing stories for their mm -hmm. their characters, and this this is obviously a bit more higher profile, but. It's a bit, you know, it's these a, celebrity writers a little bit lately. Yeah, it's a bit of a stunt, but it's it's kind of a neat one. And, and I wonder how many of them have ghost writers. Mm, very possible. It's a bit of a stunt though, as a marketing play, because like there are people who might try a comic for the first time because the actor they're obsessed with is involved in it. So are people obsessed with Paul Dano. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, but there's definitely people who are obsessed with some of the CW actors. Yeah, I was gonna say it's far more likely with those. Yeah. Maybe there's some Paul Dano stands out there. It's not impossible. <laughs> Could have read the Riddler book because he's writing it. You know, maybe, just maybe. But, I mean, I'll probably check out the first issue, at least out of morbid curiosity, if nothing else. Depends if I've watched the movie by then or not. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's going to HBO Max by the end of next month. So it doesn't mean yeah. I'll have watched it by October. You're going to have like six months to watch it. <laughs> just because it's available to watch doesn't mean I will watch it. This is what I'm saying. Look. We all know my stance on, on the character of Batman, but once that the the night that drops, I'm probably watching it again. Honestly, this may be the, the, the first new movie I go out my way to buy, even though I've seen it in theaters as soon as it comes yeah. out in a long time. I, I will probably watch it at some point this year. That that is as much as I can commit to when I will get to it. I'll probably actively avoid watching it for a few weeks when the home release hits or HBO Max if that's first. as opposed to the digital like the actual release, um, because It'll reignite all the Twitter nonsense that I can't be asked with, and that'll just put me in a bad mood for watching it. So I'll like wait till that dies down again, and then watch it. Hmm. Well, harass Connor on Twitter. Oh, I've hey, got Connor, it May twenty fifth, though. I do you know what? What's May twenty fifth? I haven't watched the Kenobi trailer yet. <sighs> this, this is. I'm just so. 
I'm so checked out of most media right now that I don't have the energy to watch trailers for anything. Just watch the the Obi Wan trailer. It's it, it's it's gonna scratch some itches. Star Wars Probably. trash. I've, that's I've, not, I've that's already not... a lot of the trailers spoiled for me, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to. But anymore. like, just that feeling when do all the feet hits, like. What are you telling me? They put in something to give a cheap pop to Star Wars fans and a Star Wars trailer. No, oh, it's shocked. not a cheap pop. It's an earned it's, pop. Is using music from the franchise a cheap pop? Yeah, especially yeah. with one with with the <laughs> in this case a defining is. moment from that character's arc. Like that's tied into that character. So, that's all Star Wars is now. That's that's what all the new movies were. It was no, all just cheap no, pops. But- there are cheap pops, but sometimes a pop is just a pop, Pete. Except, just, except cheap, Last cheap. Jedi. To give credit where credit is due, Last Jedi was not yeah. just cheap pops. Right. You, you might so, not have liked it, but it wasn't cheap pops. No. But Force Awakens right. and Rise of Skywalker were definitely cheap pops. Nothing but cheap pops. Okay, yeah, but I'm just saying, based off the, the trailer, using the song when they do, it it's... Oh, yeah, I've not watched the trailer. I, I'm saying all this without having watched the trailer, because why would I watch the Star Wars yeah, yeah, yeah. trailer? No context. It, it yeah, might exactly. actually be fine, for all Pete knows. It, it could be, but if I was a betting man, <laughs> I'd say it's a cheap pop. It's, it's a good job you're not, because you'd have no money. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be in debt to some really bad people. Yeah. yeah. Cheap pop. That's, that's, that's all Star Wars is these days. Marvel as well, to be honest, for the most part. Not the comics, I'm talking about the, the movies and stuff. The MCU stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, apparently, Sony keep um, they're they're really riding hard on the Amazing Spider-Man stuff from mm-hmm. from Homecoming and like te- uh, kind of pseudo teasing in Amazing Spider-Man three on social media, and it's weird. I think people like I gather people like Garfield and stuff, but I think people are forgetting just how bad the vast majority of Amazing Spider-Man two the writing, was. Yeah, I never even watched well, two. I I yeah. really like Amazing Spider-Man. I but, like Amazing Spider-Man one more than any of the. Uh, Tobey Maguire movies. The, I actually yeah, I agree with that. I think it's better than the Tobey Maguire movies, but the second one was pretty bad. Like, really it's, bad. Jimmy Foxy's, like, Electro in that movie is rough stuff. Spider-Man was gonna come to my birthday. <laughs> That's his inciting incident. Um, yeah. I will say the, the last five minutes of Spider-Man vs. the Rhino are the, the strongest uh, Amazing Spider-Man stuff for me. That feels the most Spider-Man. It doesn't matter after two hours of shit, though. <laughs> yeah. You can just watch that as Amazing a, as Spider-Man like a 2 was the first, like, of the the modern comic book movies where I was like, eh, I'm good. I don't need to see it. It was just funny. I was, I was, I was critiquing Civil War on Twitter, and then I, I mentioned that earlier. But Civil War is genuinely the comic book movie that made me go, I think I'm not in love with this anymore. I'm fatigued with this. 100% for me, like, where the first time I watched it, I was like, no, oh, this was... Good. It, it was the first time I felt like it was a chapter of a larger story, but I still enjoyed it. It was when I tried to rewatch some of the Marvel movies. I tried to like rewatch the, the major ones in the run up to the third Avengers movie, mm-hmm. um, like the, the first part. Um, and it was when I got to Civil War where I was like, I can't finish this movie. I'm done. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just done with these movies. That, that was where I checked out. I was like, I'm stopping now. Yeah, I rewatched Civil War and Infinity War before Endgame. And. Civil War was a chore. Like it, it was tedious. such a chore to get through. Um, I think I think it has that first watch value in it, where it's like, oh, this is the new chapter. But I do not think it holds up. Yeah, I, I think so much of the MCU is unrewatchable to me. Like the, the the thought of rewatching most of those movies is just it's like tiring. Yeah. 
Matt's just sitting there holding his tongue because he knows he... <laughs> Yeah, he's outnumbered. Oh, it's not the outnumbered. I'm not wasting my time. So it's fine. Oh, I know. We've wasted enough time on this bullshit tonight. <laughs> well, because I want to get through because there's a, a grand opening of a cookie store I want to get to today. So... <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to mention there's a hockey themed cookie store. Um, opening by the new arena. So hey, if you uh, want, that is to... the most Matt sentence ever. Uttered. If you want to see Sebastian Stan in an interesting film, watch Fresh. Which, uh, uh... We're, we're going to because we finished Pam and Tommy, and he's a complete. He's underrated as an actor. Not Sebastian Stan. I, did, I didn't watch that because I, I, I kind of, it kind of felt a bit sketchy once I realized kind of some of the behind the scenes stuff about it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But know. they really do address. Oh, what's, the... what's the sketchy stuff? What's this behind the scenes stuff? So, so. Pam didn't want the story told because it's a very ah. traumatic thing for her. And they did it anyways. However, not sticking up for that, they do address that on the show. It's just, it's it's particularly you know? bizarre given that the, the concept yes. of the story is about consent. About consent and, you know, yeah. being violated. And then when the, she's like, please don't tell this story, they're like, no, nah, we're going to do it anyway. That, yeah, that feels yeah. wrong. That is a bit shame. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that until about seven eps in. Um, Out so, what? Nine? Eight? Uh, eight. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I will say quality. I mean, all that uh, uh, back design scene stuff, notwithstanding, it is fairly well put together. To be honest, what? I don't understand why it's not a movie. What, yeah. What um, What are the, the rules actually on doing something based on a true story well, about someone when they don't want you to do it? It's it's mainly when you're making your entire moral point of the show about consent, and then no, but I'm I'm thinking legally though yeah. because uh, because people because people tell sell their stories uh -huh. to people like the rights to right. their story. Well, so this, surely this is there's the, I mean, I I get that there's probably some clauses they'll be, where they'll abort the rights from whatever newspaper wrote the stories, and that's ah, okay. what they did here is because this is based off of a Rolling Stone there article, right? Okay, so. That's what they're. That's what they're doing. Because they I, reached out to her. I do get that there's probably some, uh, like sort of reporting kind of law where it's like, oh well, this is a real thing, so we're allowed to make mm -hmm. a story about it because it's right. based on something. But as long as it's not false, which obviously then you get libel. Right, and but, because uh, it was yeah. based oh, off. I of bet Pamela Anderson's lawyers are watching it, just like looking for inaccuracies, well, no. no? Well, no, but no, people can't could, do she that. She could have sued for the original story, ah, which would have right. been libelous, but because it wasn't, and then this is adapting right. that, so she can't actually right. stop them. Because a, a lot of the legal proceedings are based off of actual court transcripts that the reporter worked into the original story, but um, yeah, it's fairly put together, I mean, for a Hulu. Like, it well, could have easily the, um, been two it's movies. the director that did uh, I, Tonya and... Yeah, the first three mm. episodes, and then it's... A rotating uh the rest of them are are like like bell directed one a lot of other tv directors um do the the final five episodes oh, fine. i i was under the yeah. impression that, that so the first three it. feel very much like i Tanya part two um because it's craig gillespie and sebastian stan and you're dealing with similar themes mm -hmm. um and lily james completely disappears i mean um, i saw the trailer on but just it, i cannot see her in that there are times where I forget that this is not the real Pamela Anderson because she's so unrecognizable. Step then there's other times the and like in wider shots, you're like, oh no, yeah, that's Lily James. But for all the you know close stuff. But no, my the original point, Sebastian Stan is so great at playing this complete and total a-hole 
that can flip a switch and is completely charming. Um, and he just, you know, as a Winter Soldier, he doesn't get to do much uh, reach. You know, he's very stilted and stoic and, you know, all of that. Say so, an MCU um, act is a limit. Uh, not all of them, but... Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Pete's not the first person to recommend Fresh. So that's on on the list. Yes. So. Yes, Fresh is... Uh, and I'm seeing X tonight, too. After all I, I'm my looking forward to seeing that, but it's not really playing that much around here. And yeah. I'll just wait until we're doing it for streams in a yeah. couple of months. Yeah, our showings are limited, but he really wants to. He's, you know, put his first two weeks in, got his first paycheck. Um, he wants to... We're going to go. So. Currently watching all the the best picture nominees for the Oscars next week, and oh man, it's not a it's not a hot year, bro. After Power of the Dog, I'm out. I've, I've done so far. I've done Dune, which is yep. the only one I give a shit about so far. Power of the Dog, which was fine. Um, it's a well made movie. Not bad, but it, no, it just didn't care. I don't get why it's so lauded. That's all. Me either. Um, although, if if you read the uh, the Twitter consensus or the the, the critics consensus, mm -hmm. I should say. That's because we only have the attention span of Twitter and we don't pay attention to the film anymore because it's a Netflix no, I, film. You know, I, I put my phone down to watch because I wanted to make sure I watched the oh, performances. But we, we, we didn't get it, Matt. We just did get it. It's, sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, Nightmare Alley, which was about 45 minutes too long, I would say. That, and you're being generous. Yeah. And <laughs> I watched... Uh, what was the other one I watched? Did you watch West Side Story yet? Not yet. I've done four of them. Dune, Power the Dog. Oh, uh, Licorice Pizza, which... I, I want to see, but it's a slice of life. I'm not... Yeah, it's, it's all right. If, if I couldn't it's, see it on, at the theater... Um, did you just say it's a slice of life, but I'm for a movie <laughs> yes. called Licorice Pizza? Yes. He did, yes. Yes, you, you uh, had... But Licorice Pizza's not even a pizza place, Pete. It's a record store. The only... Oh, that's just tipster shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> the only one I want... Because I think it's nominated. I want to watch Coda. I've heard good things about Coda. Yes, that's... Coda is nominated. I'll that one and... Tonight. Now that Dune's on HBO Max, I might give that a go. It's uh, that and uh, Belfast, the two I'm most interested in. I'm not watching. I can't watch Belfast. I, I watched all the Fifty Shades of Grey movies this year, and I don't want <laughs> the actor to be on four movies. Jamie Dornan. So I have to, I have to avoid that movie. That's fair, but I, I really like Branagh, so I'm probably not. Um, I think Tragedy of Macbeth, which I don't think is for Best Picture. I think it's for like cinematography and some of the other stuff. I'm very and, excited uh, to watch that one as well because yeah, I, I love Denzel. Macbeth. And his performance. Uh, it's one. I don't know which of the Coens it is. I can't remember. It's one of them. Uh, I think it's Joel. Yeah, and I think visually, just from what I've seen, it looks absolutely stunning. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I watched West Side Story, and that's uh, West Side Story, right? It's like, West Side Story, it's, right? Which right, but I'm there for. It's West Side Story through Spielberg's lens, and he decides, hey, remember when when I used to direct and do things like interesting, like I'm gonna do a a, a one -er, that when you think about how it was set up, it's going to blow your mind. Um, so that's me slightly more excited to watch it because yeah. I haven't seen the original in uh, mm -hmm. probably fifteen years, but I have fond memories of it. Yeah, um, yeah. If, I feel like it, so. Like Ash loved it. She loves musicals and whatnot. I would get bored and and be like, all right. Well, once there's another thing going, I mean, it's, it's just it's, Romeo and Juliet. It's, it's Romeo and Juliet, but a musical, yeah. which means I'm there for it. All right, and so I get bored, and then. Spielberg would do something cool. I'm like, all right, god damn it. I'm I'm back in. And then go again. So um but yeah, no, Nightmare Alley, I agree. Uh hey, Patreon people, if you want to make Pete watch something, make him watch Nightmare Alley. Also, uh, 
probably the most predictable ending of any of the movies I've seen yet. <sighs> like, I don't watch them around. I don't like the, most Del Toro movies. It's Del Toro and it overstays its welcome. And I don't, I don't understand all the praise that one's getting either. Like it's, it's fine. It's well shot. It feels of an era, which is cool. But the story just, I don't care. Actually, I'm surprised yeah. you were trying to make them make me watch that. I thought you were going to try yeah. and coerce them into making me watch uh, West Side Story, which nah, also sounds like that. hell. I, wouldn't do that I feel like Pete would hate that more. Like yeah. at least with, I think you'd probably be more bored by Nightmare Alley than yeah. West Side Story, but you would hate West Side Story more for sure. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, um, I wouldn't do that one to you, Pete, because like. I'm gonna make you watch musicals. One that I fully like. Well, that's the thing. People made me watch you know? Cats, and the thing with Cats was yeah. is that after the first ten minutes of just being horrified at how everything looks, yeah. it just got really painfully boring because it, nothing yeah. happens. It just keeps... yeah, but Cats is not a good musical. Let's make that clear. Yeah. Like, that that is objectively bad. I'm mean, yeah. sure, but the, the my point remains though is that I'm pretty sure after ten minutes of West Side Story, I'd have nothing new to say about it. It would just be I just hate this. It's not for me. No, I don't know. I think you. I mean, you talking about cinematography and stuff. I think you would like it mm. for that. The technical aspect, I think, would would speak to you. Yeah, I'm more not... so than than other stuff. So yeah. Um, but not... yeah, no. Power of the dog, Connor. I'm glad it's not just me because I see praise I see for praise this for everywhere. I'm like, it's, and it's I, fine. And like it's fine. Benedict uh, Cumberbatch's arc from being this nasty a hole. They're just like, dude, what's this problem? To like, oh, he's actually, he's, he's I saw a, you know how people make like really obscure lists on Letterboxd yeah. for, like, for like stupid things? Yeah. It was like a 2021 movies in which Benedict Cumberbatch puts on an American accent and has a uh, has a relationship with a with a teenage boy who, yeah. who tries to call him sir and he has to tell him not yeah. to. And it's just that and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he just, you know, I, I don't get, and look, I, I like Jesse Plemons. Um, I don't understand why he's nominated. He doesn't he does do anything in that movie. He, he's no. in like four scenes. Yeah. Um, Kirsten Dunst is fine, but like compared to some of the other performances, I don't. And it's, maybe I just don't get it. I don't know. The, maybe the only I'm two not... people in that movie that have any impact really are Cumberbatch and uh, Cody Smith. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And I get those. I, I get those two. Yeah. But yeah, man, that movie. I was like, I knew it was long. I knew it, it's not though. It's only like two hours and three minutes. Compared you, to some of the others, it's not as long. Yeah. You, you feel it. You feel it though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I. Ooh, we. It's funny to me. Right, very disappointed. It's funny to me right now that there's a movie about a dog with Ryan Tatum and it's just called Dog. And every time mm-hmm. someone says "Pearl the Dog," that's the movie that pops in my head first. Yeah, it's pretty bad. However, movie. I'm sure I would much more enjoy that one as as someone that loves their, you know, canine companions. Um, I, yeah. All right, let's talk about comics then, shall we? Well, that is allegedly what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Also, there's more allegedly. news that Connor claimed to have. No, I threw it in during this list. Oh, there you go. All right, comic books then. Detective Comics 1057, Mariko Tamaki writing, Aminki Nihilpin on the R. This is part 11 of 12 of the Tower storyline. And uh, Batman showed up at the end of the last issue, and is selling Pete's fears. Yeah, to an extent, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 now a Batman versus Scarecrow story, and I don't care. <laughs> I think that's too harsh. I think you're you're. It is, but out of anything, if I had to guess what Connor was going to say, that would have been it. I, I I think like this was had a like a really interesting, if not always amazing, but interesting first like eight or nine issues. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I had some. 
pacing critiques, but overall I was into it. And now it's just, oh, it's Batman versus Scarecrow again. We, I, we just did that. Hindsight being 2020, I wish they had seeded Scarecrow a little bit more. You know, kind of ramp up the kind of fear around the tower, you know. Um, however, I don't mind where this is going because I kind of like the idea of him wanting the Medusa mask. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sense? Is that him wanting Psycho Pirate's mask to... Is, is a new way and a new avenue uh-huh. of... of creating fear in people and controlling mm-hmm. fear is actually quite a nice idea i think that makes a lot of sense yeah i, I like that idea so the i mean i kind of agree too with connor with this become batman for scarecrow but that's the part i don't care that's the part i care least uh about because I, I, I like was, all the other moving parts i was worried a little bit at the start because it was it seemed batman focused for the first like four pages or whatever mm-hmm. but then it did start bouncing around to tim steph and huntress yep. Uh, and Cass, but I think Cass gets some of the best moments in this issue. Yeah. Uh, Cass gets to jump in. Uh, there's like a page where she jumps in to kick someone towards the end, and like she, she gets this full page almost of just this like mm-hmm. in silhouette kick. Uh, yeah, she kicks out uh, the mask off Scarecrow. That's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really nice big moment. Um, we also deal with uh, Nakano's wife, kind of try to convince Psycho Pirate to help and try to stop Anna Volshin from killing them which leads to the big cliffhanger at the end where she's the one who puts on the mask and it's been sort of setting up the idea that she she needs to control her fear and has been struggling with that so it's kind of a big deal for that character to finally have something in possibly this is a dangerous thing that the idea she's going to have too much control now <laughs> uh, and that's something they can play with but uh thematically that made a lot of sense to me that we have yeah. that as a cliffhanger uh, here towards the end of the story yeah um Kind of wanted to see uh, Scarecrow put the Medusa mask over his gas mask, you know, just to see that visual. Well, you see him um, wearing it, but obviously he's taking his gas mask off. Yeah, he's taking the gas Scarecrow. mask off, but just because, to me, like, his his true self is Scarecrow, not Jonathan Crane, right? Like, that's the whole... Um, I will say... To me, that's what makes him click. It was an interesting visual. I do think Scarecrow typically still looks really nice in this. Like, whenever mm-hmm. you see panels of him in his mask... Uh, that's that new design really working isn't it yeah, yeah. It, it just it just works almost in every scenario that we've seen it in uh there's some stuff with harley protecting the uh the pharmacy uh supply mm-hmm. from the what do you call them the gang Clown. Uh, party crashers party crashers there you go uh lady clayface has a quick appearance in there that that one confused me because was she just laying low and then comes to help harley uh, I I assume she's technically been here, but she's just been looking like a you know, whatever person she chooses to. Yeah, that that's okay. Because that was the thing that got me is I was like, oh, okay, well this is just out of left field a little bit, but it makes sense given Lady Clayface's deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's just there's, there's lots of chaos. It's like they're evacuating the building. We see various Bat family members helping with that. You know, Cass at one point has someone on her back dangling down the side of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim and Steph are, are moving people out and directing them outside. So it just it kind of feels like they're cleaning up the chaos that's been created in this situation as everything's kind of crumbling. Penguin sending in men to try and get uh, all the supplies because he, he wants at least something uh, out of this because Doctor Wearows him so much. So I also I really like the panel. See when Batman confronts Scarecrow, I like that he's, he's got a uh, Batwoman, Cass, and Tim with him. Um. Mm-hmm. I, I did like that it did feel like more of a unified front as the issue went on because i was worried in the first few pages that it was just going to be batman and everyone else yeah. is just a side character yeah it's still the commitment just that batman tech, 
What, what kind of? It's, it's not just Batman, but it still feels like, okay, Batman's here now. Well, I, I do like that it's a commitment that Detective is still the team, the Bat family book. Yeah, it, it felt more right? evened out to me once after those yeah. first few pages. It felt like it was bouncing around everyone pretty equally. Uh, and then I did like that it built, when it builds up to the, the ending where uh, Nakano's wife puts on the mask, I love that it cuts to day 67, which is far beyond any time we've seen. The idea that this tower does become some functioning version of itself in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, the near future, obviously, you know, not, not, you know a month's time. Right. It's, like a, it's like a month later or yeah. whatever, but it shows that the tower still exists yeah. with Chase there beyond right. the scam. And, you know, she's getting therapy and talking about stuff and then, you know, the big ending. So it's, it's, it's this twofold thing where, yeah, her putting on the mask is a big deal and the reflection of the Bat family in the mask is kind of a cool visual or whatever. But it's also that reveal of, oh, no, there's a future for this place. That, that's actually the big reveal here at the end is that there's a future for this building and it's going right. to function as a, as a hospital for people who need it. Right. When, when someone that does actually care about doing it, not just trying to collect money, that it, it can work. Yeah, you, know, you got to overcome that corruption of Gotham. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I dug that uh, at the end. So, um, yeah, um, the the art on uh, Hopin, I really like the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. So, like the like the Huntress and Anna Volgen, um, I think that they really focus on the the like good parts of a fight, but then in other parts that aren't necessarily action sequences. So, like Pete brought up Cass kicking the the mask off of Scarecrow. But then there's other stuff where just like Scarecrow has the mask on and one and then not. And it just, it's kind of, there's, to me, there's little pieces there's, missing. There's something really smart he does in those fight scenes. Um, like that one with Huntress and Evolution mm-hmm. uh, to give it a real sense of motion beyond just their moving. The streaks. The streaks and the direction that it goes in. Yeah. Like, um, so it's like the, the red background. Mm-hmm. So at first, you know, it follows uh, the, the motion of, of the yeah. attack so you know huntress dives and it goes yeah. down and, uh, on a, and it goes across with vulture and up with the kick for the, the knee to the face on a similar note i don't know if it's when Cass kicks the mask off it probably is but it may be somewhere else uh where you see the mask is like bouncing on the ground sort of away from yeah. uh yeah. whoever's grabbing for it i thought that was a nice little touch in the art as well to make sort mm-hmm. of feel that and again that sequence has a similar thing with the the background lines where when Cass is coming in with the kick the yeah. lines are coming towards and then cross with the masks kicked off and then you know, outwards with the motion of the, the bouncing away. It, it really gives you the direction of movement with that, mm-hmm. that background. I think that's really clever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, really solid put together uh, penultimate part of the story. Um, your, your taste in Batman being involved at this point might vary, but uh, I don't think it sidelined the characters. It does sideline Nightwing because they say Nightwing has to he's going to take him a day to recover from the the fear toxins that makes sense though i I mean i'm okay with that because i I never felt like nightwing was one of the it always like it was focusing more on the ladies than it did nightwing well yeah it was dabs was quarterbacking it until bruce shows back up you know so she's the one that's kind of taking the lead and is organizing everybody to get to the right spots and then dick takes it to you know he's the one that goes deep undercover but he still calls into Oracle to let her know what's going on. Um, so, yeah, that, that helps. Yeah. Plus, Dick actually has his own book, unlike all the other mm-hmm. characters. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was really happy with the issue. I, I think there's a lot, some really yeah, interesting I, stuff I, in how it's done. I've, I've liked this more than I haven't by quite a margin. 
Yeah. You know, like there's little things that stick here and there, but overall, this is a pretty good Batman story. Well, uh, about that family. family. Yeah, about family story. Yeah. Maybe a better, better way of putting that. Uh, and then the backup, uh, which does take things intentionally, we have a big, biggest time jump yet, probably, because our yeah. character, who does get named in this issue, uh, is now a middle-aged man with a family, and it even says just a few days prior, which is a bit awkward given the timeline of everything else going on, but let's just say basically present day, right? Almost present day uh, is the idea. And Does he get named in this issue? No, you're you're yep. confusing the characters, Pete. Yeah, that's what I thought. Why? Who gets named then? Elliot Maslow was his buddy that got him a penguin. Oh, the, right, okay. okay. All right. The okay. dark-haired kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so so we still don't know who the who the, the okay. kid is. As far as we know, he doesn't show up in this. Yeah, this part. The, this is the first when time. the guy is like, "Oh, you know, they think he's harboring the Joker," who he's actually harboring is our mystery character that yeah. we've been following. So we, but we think he's the Joker movie. because we see the Joker in the first page show up with yeah. that fedora. We're set up to believe it's the Joker, but right. Um, obviously, we have been lied to. Uh, right, that's what you do in stories. Um, and I'm and I'm willing to believe that wasn't Elliot Maslow. That was Basil Carlo. Uh, that would make what sense. We, what we know here. But yeah, so they're going to the water. Um, basically, the, the where the water supply kind of runs through their Gotham. And Batman put in a like a, a tracker or a, a device that if anyone messes with it, he gets yeah, an alert. The, he doesn't the, want Joker to. The, the famous um, like first Joker attack on the city is usually mm-hmm. poisoned the water supplies. So this is kind of like mm-hmm. a reference to that. Um, right. And Joker looks kind of weird here, which is why uh, you know I was getting the impression that this is our character dressing as the Joker because the hair yeah. kind of makes me think more of that character. Yep. Um, That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. But what what I liked about this though is that you know Batman. And, you know, uh, Jason are investigating this family and they're tracking him down. I I also thought the Family Guy was the was the kid. I, I didn't I, I did confuse yeah. that. Um, Sorry. But when they go into the sewers, I did kind of like this idea that he like all the villains that he's he's been kind of friends with throughout the story are what jump out at Batman, and mm-hmm. that this is some kind of a trap. Yeah, they um, ambush them all. Yeah. Jason yep. gets Croc. Uh, Dick gets Clayface. Yeah. Tim, Tim gets, gets Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And that's our big kind of thing. And then the water comes flooding into the sewer system uh, yep. at the end. So it seems like, yeah, this character has arranged some kind of multi-villain trap for Batman. Uh, and what's well, you know, effectively present day, like I say, it's like, you know, just prior to the the, the ongoing stories right now. Yeah, because we have, we have Jason in his full-on crowbar gear. Yeah. Uh, with the half mask. Instead of the full helmet. I think yeah. that's the, the slight disappointment, right? Is that we kind of jumped maybe so far that we missed yeah. some interesting elements. Yeah, because we, we, we were with. predicting last yeah. issue, like what, what, or maybe two issues ago, what, what are some of the time periods we might go into in the last few issues? Yeah. And then it's just, oh, we're at present day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm still looking forward to seeing how this ends, but I'm a little yeah. bit disappointed we didn't see some of the other cool stuff that we could have done. It was also yeah. a very narrative shift in this issue because we've been following that character in every part of the story and in mm-hmm. this one it kind of shifted to no no there's, a, there's a, something weird's happened and batman's investigating so obviously it's going yep. to tie in and that character is going to be an important part of it but it was mm-hmm. told very differently to the, the previous 10 this, parts this felt a little bit more like a regular batman comic typical yeah yeah typical yeah it's a pretty good word as opposed to the, the 
unique story we've been following which don't get me wrong i think works because because you have that in your brain the entire time that this has to tie into that previous stuff so you're kind of right. waiting for the links you're waiting for the because yeah we're thinking this kid's about dick's age right about given when he yeah. met dick as a kid yeah yeah give or take. so now to jump from where he was in the last one just kind of maybe late teens to during no man's land uh, we're jumping like maybe ten years. He's he's a similar age to this, and maybe a little bit younger than the uh, the other guy, right? The family guy. Yeah. The family yeah. guy looks a bit older, but maybe it's just uh, yeah, he's the receiving hairline. He yeah. ages you. Yeah, very good. <laughs> that wasn't necessary, but all right. <laughs> Look, the guy has a receding hairline. It's relevant. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but, uh, personally, right again, personally. Uh, Matt took it personally for me. Yeah. <laughs> I did, because it felt like a shot for all those ginger as no souls. Well, I'm not Obvious. saying it wasn't a shot, but I'm saying yeah, it was a shot go. in context. Yeah. <laughs> it's alright. After all the shots I've taken at Carter, he's just a bloody husk lying on the floor. It's just... <laughs> yeah. It's but yeah, no, time. it was... Uh, I'm, I'm still here for all this, because the, the Blanco art, like... On, uh, on Blanco's art, while still good, this issue and the last one, I am feeling very slightly that, not consistently, but there's the odd face here or there that's not been up to the same standard. That I'm thinking maybe he was rushing slightly towards these last couple. Yeah, I, I commented yeah. a few proportions last issue that felt okay, a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, here, the... There's one on Batman's face, uh, not the very last page, the one before, the top panel. His face just feels slightly off. Yeah. Well, that too, just... Batman from the the neck up, because there's the page where you see um, Croc behind Jason. Yeah, the, the close up of Bruce, the the head looks a little bit weird. Um, yeah, and and I think this is just a case of it's twelve issues he's done every yeah. weekly, and while they're only ten pages, that's still essentially yeah. two issues a month of a regular artist. And I think maybe he didn't quite have enough lead time, and just. Very slightly, and you know, these last couple, it's like okay, he's kind of just rushing towards the end now. Um, but overall, uh, it's still pretty good, yeah, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Matt, what are you giving the main story? Uh, an eight, and the backup, uh, 7.5. Carter, main story, um, oh god, I'm gonna sound so negative as always, right? But um, mm-hmm. five, it's fine, but um. It lost me a little bit with this swerve towards Scarecrow at the end, and I, I, I feel a little bit checked out of the, this, this final act of the story. Yeah, I'm going straight eight for myself. Uh, what was your backup score? Uh, seven. Yeah, but yeah, backup for me is like a seven, I think, as well. Uh, so there you go, that's Detective Comics. Nightwing, issue 90. I forget what number mm-hmm. it was. Uh, Tom Taylor writing with uh, Geraldo uh, Borges on the art, so uh, not Redondo. Obviously, he just did the two crossover issues, so he had to take yeah, a little no, bit of time Nothing off. against this artist, but that's the biggest flaw. It's not Redondo. I, I, you know, I do it's, miss Redondo. There's, there's some truth to that. still in the eye, and this is pretty good. It's, and it's, yeah, it's not bad. Totally is consistent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is more of the Get Grayson stuff. Uh, Blockbuster's hired a group of assassins to go after Dick. He's, he, he wants them dead so much that this group are just going to like basically destroy the entire city block to get to Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. So uh, his sister warns him 
uh, right before it happens. So he dings the fire alarm and evacuates the building. He's grabbing the dog. He's running out. Uh, some nice stuff of him running down the stairs and like giving the dog to a neighbor so he can go save the uh, the guy who's deaf who doesn't sleep with a hearing aid in. Um, which leads to a lot of comedy because the guy's like, "You're still in my hearing aid. You're a hearing aid it's, thief." thief. It's very Spider Man. Mm. Like, mm. I feel like Spider Man coming in there to save somebody that you know can't hear to hear him telling him to get out and thinks he's being robbed. I I love that aspect. Yeah. You've heard about a lot of this run, right? Yeah, and then, mm-hmm. then of course. I'd say there's more Daredevil and Spider-Man, but I think the comparison of Spider-Man and Nightwing's always been there. I think yeah. out of anyone in the Bat family, Nightwing's the one you compare to Spider-Man the most. But uh, there's a lot of stuff with, uh, like, you know, after he jumps out the window with a deaf guy, and then he's like, this guy stole my hearing aid. He broke it in my apartment, and then he, then he blew it up. <laughs> and he's like, well, I admit that the sequence of events is a bit suspicious, but uh, <laughs> that's not quite what happened. Um, Dear old Wally shows up to save the day. Well, Wally, yeah, he, he hears... Uh, he wakes up, Linda's phone dings, they finds out, and he speeds off immediately to go and see if his friend's alright, and uh, even like get, hurts himself, moving all the rubble out of the way, but of course Nightwing's fine, because he, he went out the window. And the big thing here, all on the heartwarming Wally Dick kind of reunion stuff, is that Dick Grayson was last seen racing in to save someone, and then the building blew up, so he's kind of presumed dead to a point, and Wally suggests maybe you shouldn't let people know that Dick's okay for a little bit and let people think he's dead. I think that's going to be interesting because it means he's going to have to be Nightwing permanently for a, at least a few issues, I would think. Yeah. And I wonder if that'll just take a little bit of a toll on him. It might, yeah. They might play with that a, a little touch. And Wally insists that Dick stay with him, so he, he speeds him back to his house in Keystone. And goes and, back for the dog. Yeah, he goes back for the dog. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's some fun stuff here of uh, interacting with Linda, the kids like staring at him when he wakes up. Uh, and making him some unsafe mm. breakfast. <laughs> you know? Was, was... Bacon is the best kind, everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Ah, of course. The kids, so uh, do you think this artist meant to make the kids looking over him as he, he wakes up unnecessarily creepy? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, obviously, sometimes that can be a, a mistake, but I think in this case, the, okay. the creepy kids just staring, waiting for him to wake up is 100% the intention. Yeah, mm-hmm. Also, I approve of the classic DC logo t-shirt that Dick's uh, mm-hmm. sleeping this, in. This book has been killing it with that. And I, I did appreciate that continued in the crossover and the Superman yeah. issue as well. Yeah. Uh, there is a, a little touch here is that basically they, they're kind of aware that there might be a mole in the villains group of the city because someone mm-hmm. must have tipped Dick off. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had the warning. So that, that's obviously a thing. Uh, I also, I got a really good chuckle, actually, out of uh, Wally, after Dick wakes up, he's like, okay, let's go do this. I'm going to help you. We're going to solve all these problems. And he shows him, like, basically the, the wall covered in the photos of all the villains with the strings and all that. And for uh-huh. some reason, the line, I don't have a plan. I just have all these photos stuck in my wall really made me laugh. And I think, I think it's the follow-up. It's a good start, is, is what got me. <laughs> so, no. um, but again, it's very... Wally West, yeah. that I enjoy. It's not, who, it's not the funniest line in the book, though. We'll, we'll, I'll get there in a little bit. Yeah, 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 no. But it's just very much, he's like, look, we're going to do all this. It's like, because he's the Flash and because he's so into the Speed Force, his actions move faster than his understanding of them does. So he just put all these on the wall, right? He's like, I don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just... just sl- slow down to think about it. And it that's yeah, he didn't... Anti-Wally. And it hits, yeah, and it hits that their dynamic because that whole part where Nightwing talks about you know it's a good thing that my best friend is a speedster 
you know, it just really hits their dynamic. Yeah, yeah. and then we cut to Gotham, and Babs is walking we, on the street. Just before we go, huh? we talk about Wally being like, I think I missed several key important details. <laughs> when she's like, oh, my sister, she's the mayor. What? Like, what the hell are you talking about? Sister? Yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we go to Gotham, and Babs is uh, accosted by some men, and obviously plays along. She doesn't want to reveal that she knows how to fight crime or anything like that, so she sort of lets yeah. her be kidnapped. But the line that cracked me up is she, she's she got her secret comms and stuff and says to Dick, yeah, I, I can get out of this, but two guys did just kidnap me. Uh, mm-hmm. But the line that got me was, they're after you, Nightwing. They fridged me to get to you. It's official yeah. DC terminology now. Fridging. Yep. Well, fr- fridging became this just wider thing that's used in media to talk about what you know what happens when a character's it, killed. It did start in a DC comic. That's really weird. Right. I, every every time I think about this, it blows my mind. The Kyle Rayner Green Lantern book is what gave gave a, way... a Kyle Rayner Green Lantern book, and then the term named by Gail Simone. Yeah, yes. which gave way to something that I have heard people talking about in movies, like fridging characters, mm-hmm. is something that's I've heard it used in movies that have done to do with DC characters or comics or anything. Yeah, it became part of the greater pop culture. Yeah. And it came uh, from a Kale Ranter Green Lantern comic. That's just really funny to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's the, uh, the only thing of value that has ever come from a Kyle Rayner story. You shut your mouth, you ginger whore. You hear me? <laughs> so, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, Matt, you all right? No, yeah. I just, you guys, you guys are funny. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, Dick's like, no, no, Bab, stay in the van. We'll find out where they go. Uh, do, do a bit of recon sort of thing. Uh, so sure enough, they pull a bit of a switcheroo so that when they open the van, it's <laughs> Dick and Wally, and it's KG yep. Beast, who's one of the villains here, uh, who's waiting for them. And there's a nice little touch. I guess it's actually the final page, but Wally's basically, wait, KG Beast, that's the guy who shot you in the head, right? And he's like, yep. He's like, oh, a lot of our friends have been waiting to get your, our hands on you, and I'm so happy that I got to first. And that's the the final page. Uh, was it just me that took this as a meta comment? As this is the person responsible for shooting Dick Grayson. <laughs> and there's a long line of people. Sure, yeah. for it. How dare you have caused that Rick Grayson bullshit. Yeah. 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 I, I can see what you're saying. I think there might be some intention there. I, I, there's gotta be. Because you could tell Tom Taylor loves the character. Yeah. Right? Like there's a lot of of love for Dick Grayson uh, put yeah. into these pages. Yeah. Um, so, but we got to that, and that Wally, again, this is a Wally that, had, before I had caught up to Flash, this had been been like, oh, see, this is why we need a good Wally West book. We, can, we have a decent one right now. Um, helps that, that Taylor is such a good writer, right? He hits the, the voice of the character so well. Um, I think um, just on the, the art stuff, is probably at its most when it's dealing with Wally. Yeah. Uh, and specifically Wally as the Flash. I think when he's just Wally, he's fine. Yeah, uh, I think his flash is a bit ugly. When the proportions motion. on the costume are a little bit off. Yeah, right? the the earpieces feel small on that I page. Think, I think he's, he's mostly okay when he's just stood around talking, but whenever he's in motion as the flash, motion. which is kind of what you want the mm. flash to be, I think yeah. that's where it suffers. Where it hurts for me is just the lack of some of the creativity. At because this this mm. the the page where he's coming down the stairs and he's on different floors in each panel talking to different neighbors. Mm. That was a sort of page where I went, oh, this is a really basic way to show this, when this book with Redondo has been so inventive and creative of showing him moving around yep. the building and things and like that. So I I, I, I felt I the lack back of... back to back with the Superman issue from last week. Mm. And um, obviously that was Redondo. And it, that had uh, it, there was a page relatively early on of Nightwing going up the side of a building. 
Yes, that was, it was, was, that's where he backflips. He grapples and backflips. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was absolutely stunning. I was like, yes, that is what Redondo brings to this book. And that no other artist is coming close to matching. And not, obviously that was in Superman, but it was essentially just the Nightwing story. Uh, nothing else is coming close to it. Um, even these artists that are solid, you know, this is perfectly decent. They're just not bringing that extra mm-hmm. above and beyond flair. That I yeah. don't know if anyone else can. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that is kind of the one main critique I would I would have of this. But I I love Wally caring about Dick. I love uh, the continued sort of escalation of the attempts mm-hmm. on his life. Because that because the first time was that that big winner, right? That was the yeah that that issue, and then it's escalated to this point where they're just like. Okay, this the scalpel approach isn't working. This bust out the chainsaw, uh, which is yeah. this assassin group. So uh, it's well, escalated nicely. The, the first first attempt was when the Titan showed up to have his back. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then we had the Warner issue, and now this. And so yeah, was that um, first or was like, that second? It doesn't really matter either right, way, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. Wasn't the Titan issue before the the single? I'm page? not sure it was. I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh shoot. Oh shoot. Well, um, I like here though that the the. The in lady fact, that lives in the building. I'm certain. I'm certain it wasn't because the uh, okay. the one or issue opens with them being like, "Hey, they're coming for you as Dick Grayson. Uh-huh. Get out of there." That that's what starts that issue off. Hmm. Well, the I, I like here too that the relationships between the people in the building because we've seen this lady before, right? But then the kids love the dog, so he gives them to her, and then you find out that she um, was the superintendent of the building. Um, and she, um, goes and talks to the commissioner, you would guess of, or whoever he is on the police force in Bloodhaven. And, you know, we see that he's in Blockbuster's pocket. Yeah, he's corrupt so, and warns yeah, him and stuff. Yeah, and so to see that all play out too, it's just, it's, the story's being very well told. And then don't forget, we have Heartless somewhere in the background too, with that yeah, thread yeah. going on. I think that's what you we're know? dealing with after this arc. Yeah, no. No, the run's fire on all cylinders. I have very little to complain about. Uh, Like we talk about how action is, uh, you know, a classic in the making. This Mm -hmm. this one clearly is too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and they're in action the the two books right now that are at the top. And there's a lot of other books I'm enjoying, but those are the two that are at that top where they're they're special. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. Uh, Excellent stuff. All right, Matt, what are you giving Nightwing? Uh, I'm giving this an 8.5. Okay, Connor? I'm probably going to agree with the 8.5, and it is just that art that holds it back from being anything higher. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll be the third tier and say 8.5 as well. Um, and that Redondo being on art probably would have elevated it even more. But hey, that is what it is. So there you go. Um, Next up, we have... Batman, Superman, World's Finest, Issue 1, Mark Wade writing, Dan Mora on the art. Um, so one weird thing out of the way is that, that that preview of this that was in the, uh, whatever special that was that had the story. It's just the first 10 pages? Yeah. I think there's like an extra page first, but yeah, it's like it's like yeah. it's all there, pretty much. That so, was really yeah. disappointing because I felt like I read half this issue already. Yeah. Right, well, the good news is, is it's actually oversized, so you're still getting 20 plus pages of new comic in this. Yeah, but it would have been cool to get more new stuff. Than I mean, I agree. Yeah. It would have been cool, yeah. cool to get even more new stuff, but you do get at least a full comic's worth of new material. It, it, it feels like 
and and this is maybe whatever that book was where it was like an extra dollar to have that backup. Mm-hmm. I think it was I think it was actually Detective uh, one thousand fifty. Was it okay? There you go. I think it was in that because um, that was the oversized one. It was like an extra dollar. I feel like I got robbed there because what was the point in putting it in there if it's just going to mm-hmm. be in here as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's fair, but that's not really this book's fault. That's just an editorial. No. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know because where the story goes, I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, because it does. Like this feels like a world's finest versus just Batman Superman. Whereas I feel like this is going to get really to the crux of why Batman and Superman stand out. Yeah. So just just uh, to sort of recap the- what that that preview story did that is the start of this book is Poison Ivy's in Metropolis, causing chaos. Superman is there. Batman and Robin are there. Uh, but Metallo's also there working with Poison Ivy. And the big cliffhanger of that preview, which happens a little bit into this, is that Metallo injects Superman with a, a cocktail of, like, multiple kinds of red kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, okay, what? because obviously red kryptonite obviously affects him differently with each part right. of it, each different, you know, sample of it. So this is a mix of multiple red kryptonite pieces. And yeah, Superman goes kind of nuts. He feels pain. His powers go haywire. And then he starts hallucinating and seeing different people to who's actually talking to him. So he sees Lex instead of Batman at one point. He sees instead of the Doom Patrol, he sees uh, like Zod and Narsa. Yeah. Uh, Which, by the way, loved the Doom Patrol inclusion. And this had a lot of fun with that. Um, Really good time. Well, Uh, in in the flashback part, too, we get the weapon of the Quad. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We get we get uh, animator the yeah. villains, yeah, working with like, Penguin. Just a whole. It feels like a different era of DC, and I think yeah. That's I, well, cool. I think that's the main thing it's going for is it wants to feel like this classical, you know, mm-hmm. almost Silver Age, and it's and it's tone and and the way the characters mm-hmm. speak, like some of the stuff with Robin and like Dick's yeah. little quips, it, people feel very I, old school. Actually, that's one of my big critiques because you just said Dick, but that's clearly Tim. And it's Dick in the flashback, but the regular Robin is definitely Tim. And that really bothers oh, me. Oh, shit, I, it is. I think the dialogue is fundamentally interchangeable. It sounds like Dick, but it, clearly visually it's Tim. It's It's got the staff, it's got Tim's outfit, but but the dialogue-wise, completely interchangeable. So friend. I got so wrapped up in the dialogue, I didn't even realize. I just assumed yeah, I, I, it was I, Dick Grayson. I, I thought it was Dick as well. That's, Admittedly, that's one of my big critiques of the book. That, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not Tim. wrong, Connor. It, it does uh, make sense that it's a different Robin based on the flashback and then like, cutting back to this, but... Because uh, in the flashback, it, flashback's definitely a dick. It's got the little pixie shorts on and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the boots. Yeah. But much like Matt, I just, based on the dialogue, never even thought about which Robin it yeah. was. I just kind of which, assumed it was which, dick. As a, as a big Tim fan, hurts, because I'm like, man, if you're not yeah. going to write Tim, just don't make it Tim. Right. Um, Yeah. I really like the book, though. I, I think Doom Patrol's inclusion, uh, because there's a sort of tease of them before where someone says, oh, what sort of doctor could even deal with, like, someone, like, this mad science? And then Doom Patrol show up, and then, you know, eventually Batman says, yeah, Nails Calder's the man. <laughs> that's that's who you mm-hmm. call when you do weird shit like this. Because I love the cliffhanger, which is, you know, they, they take Superman, uh, you, know, t- you know, to the the mansion, and the chief, like, the cliffhanger of the book is that they're going to do surgery on Superman. So he's, he's got, like, kryptonite-made surgical instruments so that they can cut into him and try and fix whatever's happened with the red kryptonite. Like, mm-hmm. I actually really dig that as a pulpy kind of story. 
Uh, I also, yeah. my favorite, I mean, the art's fantastic throughout. Mora is wonderful. The colors are great. I, I love the representation of Negative Man in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that looks really fun. Um, it yeah. really is a negative image, right? Like, he's all shadow. Um, so, you know, so on that page where he's at the top, when he pops out of Trainer, mm-hmm. like, it looks so cool. And then as he absorbs the energy, it takes on, you know, he goes from black to white, but there's still no, there's no details in that. It's just silhouette, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. No, I dig it. I think the colors are very strong. It's got very vibrant. A camera bomb villain on the colors. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. That name comes up a lot with this type of coloring. Yeah, I think she works with uh, Dan Mora quite a lot as well. Um, yeah. Still wants a future team. Yeah. Um, everything's very expressive. I think. You know, I think the tone that it's going for, it hits really well. And you've got yeah. more of a classic Lois and Jimmy, you know, the idea that Lois doesn't know Clark Superman, so we're kind of in that mm-hmm. that era. But, I mean, if it's Tim, then it kind, of, it kind of paints it in, like, a just, you know, in the years before Death of Superman kind of time right. frame. Yeah. You know? So post-crisis, before Death of Superman, we're kind of <laughs> in that that range of time, which which is cool. Yeah. I'm for it. Yeah, and Moore's layouts, too. Like, the one with... Uh... Tim taking down the helicopter or saving the helicopter. Uh, um, the Superman really knocked it down. Yeah. Just all the jaunty angles and just cool. that... you can follow the helicopter as it's yeah, the helicopter being out of the panels a lot of the time. Yeah. To go back to the Dick Tim uh, thing, is that honestly mm-hmm. like him saying alley oop and saying as the crowd roars as he grabs yeah. uh, the, the pilot. It's very dick. It's, it's yeah. a very dick. Because I, I thought this was a reference to his past. I thought this was a reference yeah. to him being a you know trapeze artist yeah yeah and maybe there's some mistranslation in the script as to when when it got given to mora Mm. maybe it was supposed to be dick and they didn't make that clear and he's drawn tim (laughs) visually definitely tim it's tim but it sat the voice is dick and i don't know who to blame for that necessarily i mean honestly either way it's very jarring so my only complaint though is this this is the only critique i'd have honestly i'm i'm I don't want to say negative on this book because I'm not like down on it. Oh, of course, yeah. I just Here no, no, go. but I just don't love it. I think it's fine. I, I don't. I don't think it's bad by any means. I think it's a perfectly fine book. I just don't think it's great. No, I think it's great, but I think it's not doing anything. You I know, I like it's it's perfectly enjoyable. It's, it's fine. It's I appreciate perfectly for my like what I like in DC because it is a Superman and Batman book, but. It's seeming like based off of covers and solicits we saw, it's gonna have lots of guest star and play with the DC yeah, universe as a whole. It's clearly gonna be know? Wade and more as well, obviously, but Wade yeah. getting to write a bunch of characters. And my favorite scene of the, the issue is probably when Batman's trying to talk down Superman and he's appearing as Lex Luthor, but he's trying to break through to him. So he's saying, yeah. Clark, it's Bruce. You need to, like Lex doesn't know who you are. Listen to me. Like you trust me. I trust you. You have to listen to my voice. Like like the the crux of this issue being like no Bruce has to use his friendship with Clark to to break him out of mm-hmm. this is actually kind of a sweetheart of the the whole issue. So I, I think what it's doing is actually pretty smart, and it's going for kind of a classic feel and style. It's set in a classic time period. Um, I, I had nothing but fun with this really. Yeah. Uh, well, I, the the Robin confusion is the only thing that, and it's a, it's yeah. a legit complaint, but it's it doesn't take away yeah. from the fun of it really. I would say. No. And the voices everywhere else to where, like, Jimmy's yelling, oh, my God, he's literally a man of steel. 
that feels very Silver AG, Jimmy Olsen, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then to counter that with uh, Robot Man, Shoyabi goes, "Hey, that's my gig." Um, I just I I like that, and my my knowledge of the Doom Patrol is very much you know season one and a couple issues of of the '80s Doom Patrol, but I know enough about Cliff that you know that fits in his character. Yeah, it's so almost like a Doom. shame that his catchphrase from the show uh, can't be put in the the regular comics. What's, what's his catchphrase? Uh, what the f? <laughs> oh, okay. He says it like Got once it. per episode, at least. Gotcha. It's, it's a lot, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, so just yeah, it's it's very good. I've seen people being like, "Oh, like oh, this is just like a typical superhero book," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's a typical superhero book. This is it cool." Is. And which is yeah. why I say it's fine. Like yeah. I don't. That's why I'm not in love with it. Well, no. It's, when I say that, I've been seeing people like. Be on it, like, oh, there's way more interesting things. And, like, that's how you want to spend your money. Great. However, this is, for me, just personally, this is what I look for in a, in a comic. So I'm very happy. I think I, I, I fall probably into that other camp without mm-hmm. trying to diminish this book. Because, yeah. I, again, I think it's well-crafted. I think the art and color are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The writing and it's fine. It's doing what it's meant to be doing, what it's aim, what mm-hmm. it's setting out to do. It is achieving. But for me, there are definitely more interesting things I could be reading and spending my money on. But it is fine. But it's definitely not a bad book. Um, I appreciate we finally get a Batman Superman book that's not doing the dual narration because yeah. I'm kind of sick of that. But uh, again, I, that yeah. maybe makes it feel more like a typical comic as opposed to here's a Batman Superman, you know, world's finest comic. I mean, you keep saying typical comic, but here's the thing. I don't think there's any good examples of a comic like this right now, other than this. No. And that's my thing, too. Like, this is an unabashed DC comic. To, to me, this you is know? fulfilling something that isn't being fulfilled by DC yeah, right now. It's This feels to me in a in a similar vibe to what I was feeling when I was trying, like, the Flash book, for example, where, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's a perfectly readable Flash book. I I've got other things I'd rather be reading. I think this is um, better than that. But, I, I think this is a step above yeah, that in craft. Me too. I mean, you, you guys have read up. more than other me, but like, like yeah. from from the it's, vibes I've read of that, this this fits into a similar hole for me. And that, but yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's perfectly yeah. decent. And if it comes out on quiet weeks, I'll keep reading it. But I, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot to really say about it, um, as opposed to some of the other stuff we talk about, where I've got like all these, you know. I've got takes. I don't have hot takes on this book. Although, apparently, this is a hot take. But yeah, it, 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 I you don't have like hot, hot takes. Take. You have nitpicks and complaints. You wane. I have hot takes. There's waning. Spicy but hot why, takes. Why do you spicy have to have a hot... Wait. But why do you have to have a hot take for every book? I don't, but just in terms of when we're here discussing books, I don't have like anything really interesting to add about the book. Like, yeah, it's just a solid issue. Does Carl I think he has like... interesting things to say any of the time? Because I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling. Oh, I will give you interesting things. These spicy hot takes, more don't, like... Don't test me. More like ice-cold... Do you know what takes are? They're fridged. He's got fridged takes. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, I was reaching for it, and you know it. I mean, it was a reach, but you know what? I, there, there's a little bit of offset, because it's referenced in a previous joke in the podcast, and running, running go- jokes are worth something, so... Uh, all right. I'll give myself points for effort. <laughs> Point? You're giving yourself points for effort. I'll give myself as many points as I want. Yeah, I bet you will. 
So how many points do you have? You have zero. You have no points. I give you no points. What if I give myself points? Your points aren't worth shit. They're not my points. <laughs> hey, this isn't about the exchange value of points. <laughs> Connor, Connor, I give you 500 points. See? There you go. Thank you, Matt. That's points. I got, like... I got loads of points. Matt, Matt just made it clear that he's the yen of points, and that there's a, it sounds like a lot, <laughs> but it's not really. <laughs> Fine, you have 2,500 points. Still nothing. That's enough to buy a movie. I saw, I saw <laughs> one of my... One of my Twitter friends lives in Japan, and they just bought No Way Home uh, digitally, and it was like twenty five hundred yen. So, what is that like twenty bucks? You have you? Have, I don't know. Yeah, that's enough. Twenty five hundred points is good. It's loads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, when I feel like give Connor a point, it'll be equal to however many points Matt's giving you at that point, and we'll see what the exchange rate is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have we just established our own internal currency? We have. That feels weird. Multiple currencies, in fact. <laughs> and it still makes more sense than the Harry Potter currency. Yeah, Peter, Peter Penny's, Matt. I mean, some. The, the Harry Potter currency is basically just the old British currency. Is it? Which is more or less, yeah. Oh, man. With your, your shillings and your farthings and your pennies and uh, your pounds. It was all bullshit. Ah. Which is why we simplified it and went decimalized. It, it, you know, thank gotcha. God, because that was a mess. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. old currency. I don't, I don't no, know. I don't either. I just yeah. don't like it. It's... It always took out to me that everything just seemed arbitrary. I, I like know the for values. one of them, it's, it's 17 of like something yeah. to a, like a shilling or whatever. Yeah, that's like, just... Why, why 17? Just round it. Who came up with that? Ah, stupid. All right. Are we reading? I, I, we should, but uh, Harry Potter sucks just to get that out of the way before we move on. Um, so, yes, Matt, what are you giving a... That, that's for my world's finest issue. I'm going to give this an eight. Okay, Connor. I'll give it a seven. I am happy to give this an eight as well. I think so. There we go. Uh, nice. All right. So next up, we have Justice League seventy four. Maybe the previous six issues. As yeah. Well. Yes. <laughs> so Matt, Matt, for some reason, caught up in Justice League uh, for the because I bought them because he hates himself <laughs> for the failed bit no. of this issue. So here we go. We all know my completionist tendencies, and I couldn't have a big gap in between, you know, sixty-eight and seventy-five. So I've been getting these in the annual, uh, you know, um, which the annual might be the reason I read the first issue of Justice League for superheroes or Legion superheroes. So. But I'm not going to talk about that. Um, so where I last left off with Justice League was the real Flesh King had stolen the Fortress of Solitude. That was a two-issue arc I don't understand. I don't get what the point was outside to show that that um, Leviathan had reached out to Justice or the real Flesh King to be like, you guys are so much better than that. And, you know, get, you know, inspires them to do more so they try to steal the fortress of solitude so then they can use the technology in there to to harness a an asteroid that's flying close to earth that would you know that has more value than anything on earth combined but of course because it's the royal flush gang they completely muck it up the fortress goes haywire and the justice league has to get together to you know put all the genies back in the bottle and it was all very superfluous. Don't get what, what that was going for. 
But the the final four issues, um, they got rid of the backup for Justice League Dark, uh, and it became a co-book where they're guest starring. And um, y'all remember uh, Xanadoth from Superman or Action Comics? No. Okay. Really. I didn't read it, so I'm so, assuming this is in so, the Bendis run. Yeah, so in the Bendis run, Bendis created the oldest Lord of Chaos, um, Xanadoth. And it, and it possessed the DEO oh, agent at the oh, end. Oh, I think I remember this now. This is, yeah. this is the... Yeah, I, I remember this arc. Uh, yeah, I remember so, it. So as I'm looking at these Justice League uh, covers, I'm wondering, hey, I wonder if this has anything to do with that weird thing that Bendis did. Sure enough. Mm. Uh, Xanadoth shows up and wants to... It wants a better vessel than the DEO agent. So... It appears to uh, Black Adam and possesses him. So it becomes the Justice League and the Justice League Dark trying to harness this Black Adam. Um, for some reason, Xanadoth needs Z Madame Xanadu, which I don't get. And Bendis never really explains. It's because their names sound similar. And that, that's the only reason. And there's some connection that he teases. Um, he does write a pretty good demon with the rhymes. The rhymes tend to be pretty fun throughout. But um, this is also after uh, Khalid has become Dr. Fate again uh, in the pages of Justice League Dark after having a lot of... Um, he's super timid about it, doesn't know if he can do it without Naboo. But don't worry, because Naboo comes back. Uh, they're able to, to summon him through Constantine and Swamp Thing and Zatanna. Um, which I love Zatanna as a character, but basically her ability just to say things backward and and have it work out, I think sometimes is a little bit overpowered in the wrong hands. Um, but I felt when Ram V was was doing it in Justice League Dark, there were still limits to it. But when Bendis does it, there's there's none, you know. Which at that point, why do we need Constantine and Swamp Thing to back her up in summoning Naboo, right? So Naboo decides he doesn't want to play because we banish Xanadoth. If Xanadoth's back, where we can't do this um, until they see Naomi. Where here's here's where my big kick comes in. Now she is special prophesized child, and that Naboo takes her and off to wherever realm he comes from, this realm of light, because of how powerful she is, and he doesn't recognize he's never seen this power before. And takes off with her, which, you know, that's where this issue kicks off, is that uh, Black Adam Xanadoth has taken Madame Xanadu and is in this all-dark realm, and Naboo has taken Naomi and is in this all-white realm. So there's many different artists, and each of those artists are doing their own thing. Um, and it at least looks good. Lou Pacino's doing the main Justice League, where they're on Earth and not in these mystic realms. Um and, and it comes to find out that the key to beating Xanadoth is Naomi because of the way she harnesses power and that Naboo reveals that uh, that Naomi, how Superman's power is weak to magic, that same ability, that same kind of relationship is what makes Naomi so powerful. And that the only reason that Naboo thought they had a chance in you know, to come back to to go with the helm of fate is 
is to, you know, because of Naomi. Um, and there's some fun Constantine stuff where Constantine basically has to try to talk Xanadoth down while they're, you know, waiting for Naboo, you know, to, to come back with Naomi and basically pointing out to Xanadoth, like, hey, you're the original Lord of Chaos, right? But if there's a, everything is, is chaos, doesn't that make it the same as order? And don't you need order in order for chaos to thrive? Right? And it's this really fun, you know, Constantine moment before Xanadoth's like, no, human, you're talking nonsense. You don't understand things the way he's like, yeah, you know, I know, but I pretend enough. Um, and that gives them enough time to do what they need to do. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Venice's time's done. So, you know, they beat Xanadoth. Um, it wrecks Black Adam's um, home in Kondok, and they offer to help uh, clean it up. He goes, no, this is my mess. So I'm almost wondering if this is seeding the events of what's going on in Black Adam, whatever's going to happen there, mm -hmm. or maybe seeded through here, because they also talk about Hippolyta having to go home to Themyscira for the trial of the Amazons. Um they also address in the annual, which was done by Bendis and Sanford Green. The art is really good in that one. But Sanford that Green's deals bad. with, yeah, that deals with uh, Diana coming back. Um, and also with some timey-wimey stuff that ends up going to um, Justice League um, uh, versus Legion of Superheroes. But um, just in that one, they, they um, bring up the Trial of the Amazons too. So it's clear that Bendis wasn't alone on his little island. He was still having to weave stuff in and out. But yeah, so I say I'm, I'm happy that this is over, and now we're getting to the whole death of the Justice League. Because um, again, it just felt like Bendis was using each of these series to tell an overall narrative, which I guess isn't good. Because I give Taylor credit for that in other books, right? Like, there's nothing Superman. wrong with it in theory. It's just that uh, it can be it's overpowering fun. and. It, one of the problems is, yeah. is that a lot of the concepts that he brings back, like, because he brought that alien back from Superman and that was where yeah. I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not reading I this character yeah. again. I hate that a, character. There's a line of doing it where I think with when Taylor does it, it doesn't feel like the import element takes over the book. Whereas no, everything about like this it's... is like, oh, yeah. it's it, Naomi was the key to everything. I'm like, well, why is this yeah, addressing sleep? And I love Naomi as a character. Her, her original solo and her running around with Young Justice I felt was a lot of good character development. Turning her into the special child archetype, but we don't know why, you know? And I'm sure Naomi season two will address some of it, but it just feels like, you know, this is my new character that I'm going to make super cool. Like, I don't know. She doesn't have much character development through these. Like, she's... The only reason she gets to stay on the Justice League now is because she's super powerful. And I always think that that's a lazy reason you know it's not like batman going like well we need to understand your power more so we're going to keep you close which is what we had early on when she was popping up in action comics and young justice and all that stuff but here for naboo to do it which i always remember connor you know who's much more of the the magical the realm of dc person i go to him him going like well yeah naboo's always just playing his own side right um so for him to see naomi and do that I thought that was the best use of it, you know? But now for the Justice League just to keep her around because of that, I don't know, man. It just feels like Bendis doing Bendis things. And, like, when Taylor does it, it feels like he's just continuing themes, right? Kind of like in, in Superman, 
uh, is continuing the theme of how power and money can corrupt. Right. That that was his thread from Suicide Squad, and there's a difference you know? between Taylor involving Nightwing into the Superman book with the right. truth, because mm -hmm. that ties in thematically with Dick Grayson trying to use his money for a better purpose. Right. So it has that kind of that character interaction that that has that thematic crossover. Where this is just like, hey, I like Naomi. Let's let's put Naomi in everything. Yeah. Well, it's like I created Naomi, and I want Naomi to be a big deal, and it just it it just feels shallow. Like when you can see the DNA. Yeah, not even trying to hide it. It just—it's right, unfortunate. Like, like all stories, if essentially boil down to these core beats, you can boil every story mm -hmm. down to that. But it's a case of when you're consuming the story, do you get caught up with it and forget that, or do right. you just see the see well, the pieces? And and, and people agree here because I'm going to make a wrestling analogy. It's like when 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 like WWE would push somebody, and you could just know they were pushing him because this is their plan. Yet the crowd pushes back but they just keep doing it because that's what they want to do. It kind of ruins it um, because it feels like the story doesn't feel organic. You know, it doesn't feel like it's coming together. It, it just like, comes oh, down just to earning a cog in the wheel. It comes down to earning beats and earning characters, places in yeah. certain situations. And if it feels like they're just going back to the same well constantly, I think that's part of the problem mm -hmm. as well is like, I think yeah. you can make a character join a team book and have them be really important later on, mm -hmm. but if you start off with, oh, they're the most important person here, and the second arc is about them being the most important person there, and the third arc yeah. is about the most important person there, it, it just starts to feel repetitive yeah. and like you're really Which, overdoing it. You're overselling them on us. Yeah, like the, like the, the, the two-part um, Royal Flush Gang story was kind of a nice change of pace because it wasn't about her at all. It was about, you know, how Leviathan had corrupted these people made them seem more important than they are. And they end up causing more issues for the justice league than them not listening to Leviathan, Right. Cause before they had listened to him and, and tried to tap their potential, they were just doing small time type stuff. But you know, when one unlocked, they created this big mess, which was nice. Cause I mean, Naomi was there and she was helping rein everything in, but it wasn't like, Oh my God, you're the most important piece of the DC universe right now. Um, but yeah, um, again, I only bought these because I didn't want to gap. And don't don't be like me, guys. <laughs> don't do that. Learn learn to break that. Uh, but if, if I, I guess, do you want me to rate Justice League? I mean, you might as well. Uh, Seventy-four. I'll give it a six point five. Um, and also, Black Adam never carries these weapons. That 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 covers a lie. That that's another reason that I was like, oh man. He's using the nth metal mace and, and Aquaman's trident to fight Xanadoth? No. That's the cover for this issue. Yeah. Yep. Let's go so. over that. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, well, Batman. Batman, the night, issue three, Chip Jarsky mm -hmm. and Carmine DJ Domenico on the art. Um, this is obviously the set up the serial killer stuff a bit last issue, but this issue starts off with the serial killer being like one of the key narrators and like sort of him his inner monologue as the police are looking through his mansion because there's been this robbery but he's just nervous that they're going to see something that you know reveals who he is he's like it's not time yet it's not time for them to know these things about me my secrets blah blah, blah. Uh, and i was like man this is this book like feels so different every issue and maybe that's a good thing but it does feel like it's doing these wildly different things each issue it feels fresh mm -hmm. every time and I, I think that is intentional the idea being that bruce is always learning new skills right each time 
Mm-hmm. He's, he's taking a different approach and you know learning a different skill set for his arsenal yeah. of being Batman. So each issue feels a bit different because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the first one, right, we, it was a psychological kind of thing. You go strange, right? And then the second one, now we've had him with the the cat burglar. And then yeah. this one put the spotlight on uh, the detective. On, yeah. Um, God, why am I drawing a blank? Ducard. Ducard. Um, thank you. Uh, I kept wanting to call him Liam Neeson's. And that's not Liam Neeson's. Um, but yeah, Ducard. Um, so I, I do like how Zadarsky's shifting it, but it's still, it's seemingly the same story. At least this was a more of a uh, pickup from issue two than issue two was issue one. This was a, a very good issue with a phenomenal final page. Mm-hmm. This was a a very different issue in the sense that it was, there was like actually like a threat where the serial killer was going to murder yeah. more people and they had something to stop. Uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it went out of its way to show Bruce making mistakes, Bruce getting the car shot for a start because he, he couldn't <laughs> keep his cool and not keep staring at the bad guy that we're, that we're trying yeah. to lure in. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately this idea that Bruce, regardless of his mistakes, when he realizes like who the victim is, he runs off to go and help. Like He has to go and try and save them. And he ultimately does. Like His presence interfering in what the killer is doing does save some of this guy's family. The, 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 the main target that the husband was already dead. Not much to do for mm-hmm. him, but there were still family members to save. So it, it kind of shows you his drive. It it points out that he does have this anger and does his jump. You know, he, he'll jump at the violence a bit. And uh, the cat burglar kind of points this out and says, you know, like I kind of miss that fire you have, but at the same time, I also also don't want this like angst that you all that yeah. goes with it. There's also the uh, the tying it into you know, being an orphan, which is a big part mm-hmm. of the serial killer's motive, but also, yep. uh, you know, he's just made. The kids of the you know the family is murdered an orphan or is trying to anyway. I think I think the mum still survives mm-hmm. by the end. But you know again this idea that this is more personal for Bruce than than it normally is. Right. Yeah, and of course he finds out that the card was hired by Alfred to track him down. Uh, but he rightly predicts that Alfred only paid him to find him, not to like bring yeah, him back. in, not not to like kidnap him and drag him back home. Mm-hmm. And it does lead to a moment where. After everything goes down, Bruce calls Alfred and says, "Like, I'm, leaves a voicemail. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I should have told you before I left. I love you, Alfred. I need to you know, figure some stuff out. And you know that final page is Alfred listening to this message over and over again as he cries. It's like, oh man, what are you doing to me here, Zarsky? Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, the, I mean, it still kind of fills into this weird place where I'm like, I, I, <laughs> like this, this book." is this oddity of, like, it's kind of, like, an origin that's fitting around, you know, before year one stuff. Maybe this is just me, but I think it's more interesting now that Zarsky's taking on the main Bat book. Because if this mm-hmm. is... Mm. E- even if this isn't canon, if this is, okay, Zarsky's kind of maybe going to pull from some of this, and this is kind of the blueprint hey. for his Bruce in, in some ways. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe he'll take elements from this, even if not, like, literal life. Oh. Just this is canon, but just like, eh, you know, maybe some it characters would, here, It, it wouldn't surprise there. me if this blonde cat burglar shows up and right, this yeah. book. It, this, this feels like a backdoor pilot, right? It does, yeah. Like, this might not be the perfect, you know, what the show would become, but you can see the pieces there. I will say, um, like, his handling of the Dick and Bruce, or sorry, the, the, the Bruce and Alfred, Alfred relationship in this issue does fill me with... I mean, not that I was worried in any way, but this gives me a lot of hope for how he's going to handle some of the, the, the Bruce relationships mm-hmm. going forward mm-hmm. in his Batman yeah. book. He clearly gets it. And yeah. It's it's the same way we talk about, like, 
Tom Taylor get into some of these relationships, right? Mm -hmm. This fits in exactly like that. Well, like that. this this yeah. fits in alongside those issues. I mean, Zadarsky and the the Bruce and Jason relationship in that teardrops uh, mm -hmm. through Urban Legends, oh, so I thought good. was that was was really well too. So, um, yeah. Um, so I uh, know I'm I'm excited, and also the I, I like that the, he's keeping the theme of of each of these pieces is a new piece of armor for Bruce. Each of these mm. people that he, he works with, yeah, and that's that, what's gonna that, make you know that suit of armor the night. Is a big piece yeah, of the first issue. Yeah, yeah. The, the metaphorical suit of armor that he's building mm -hmm. by like gaining all these skills and experiences. Yeah, Knowledge. and then we, we saw in the solicits, right? The, I don't know if you read the solicit box, but he's he's gonna learn the art of hunting from someone far up north. And so that yeah, sense. so we're, we're it seems to be we're going to do more globe trotting, right? Uh, which is kind of what I expected from the first issue. So yeah, I think that's this was kind of like essentially a little two parter, right? In yeah. Paris, and we might have a, a third part now with Ducard, but that that might not be in Paris. Yeah, right? that may be more yeah more journeying. Maybe he may fall Ducard to wherever his next mission right. or his which, next job is. Yeah, yeah. Which I always love this part of Bruce's uh, journey. Is you know like I always go back to that Tynan story, in the backup of him learning to fight in the pit, and yeah. how nobody well, would would fight him anymore. Like well, I just I love the journey of Bruce Wayne. Maybe this is clearly what this man. book is more more actually supposed to be is that it's not mm -hmm. it's specifically the Bruce on his travels before he comes mm -hmm. back to Gotham. That's what this book is ultimately. Yeah. So. Maybe maybe we end with him making the choice to come home, and then come yeah, if you, and then if you want to link that to, I, like, I think the final few pages are him yeah. reuniting with Alfred. If if you want yeah. to link that to year one and say, oh yeah, you can sort of like sl slot that into your loose loose continuity yeah. by putting yeah. it before year one, yeah. then you can. It's year point five. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but... I would never recommend someone read it before they read year one. I would say you know read yeah, no, read no. basic Batman stuff first, then go back and fill this yeah. in. But, but I can see but... this. Yeah. While well, obviously we're saying right now it's mm -hmm. not canon. That so far, I don't think there's really anything that says it couldn't be. Not, no. not really. Maybe you have to fudge some of the details here or there, but the general yeah. idea. That's just comics also, in general, though. Yeah, yeah, but he's also hitting on on the Batman tropes that we know, like again, Ducard. Yeah. And I'm sure we're gonna see him run into to Roz at one point. This, this definitely feels like one of those books in the same vein as Killing Joke, where it maybe wasn't yeah. intended to be canon, but hey, if writers want to just use this as like mm -hmm. hey, they're gonna consider this as part of their origin. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah. I know. I, I really enjoy it. And the, the whole serial killer aspect on this one, I thought, uh, I, I like that because it, it was Ducard putting the thing, uh, putting the pieces together and then saying how the cops are going to mess it up. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and that's very Batman. Right. That's like, oh, they missed a key piece of the evidence that, yeah. you know, they and, didn't interpret. And that was the other part of this that we've not really mentioned yet is the idea of, Bruce learning that he has to kind of think like the criminals do and has to like because he, he keeps mm -hmm. being like impressed by the car because the car's like oh no, the killer will do this next and he's like how do you know how like he's like well you have to get in their heads so that's kind of where he goes where he recognizes in the photos that this no this killer has he's got a main target he's got someone that he's building up to as his finale as the person because the, the killer's going to have to go on the run soon because they're getting too close to him so oh, he knows he yeah. has to strike his final victim soon and it's not who he yeah. claims it's going to be. It's like, yeah. no, it's more personal than that. And I think it's, it's interesting how it's such a, a logical extension for Bruce of where he was last time, where, hey, if he wants to be the best at you know, catching the criminals, he has to be a bit of a criminal, which is why he joined up with the cat burglar, right, to learn from them because they're the best at it. This is kind of an extension of that, whereas if he wants to catch them, he has to learn to think like them and understand them. 
Yeah, so that's what leads him to the uh, the final victim where he saves the rest of the family and uh, gives us kind of the happy ending. Gio Domenico's art is fantastic. And the first half is yep. solid, uh, really moody, but the second half where he gets into the action, you're Bruce yep. jumping through the windows and all the, the close-ups on the uh, the eye of the, the dead body are just stunning stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, so, no, very good stuff. Uh, I twice it's my favourite of the three issues so far as well that's fair i think yeah I, yeah because I, I have like the more uh, i've got as i've gone uh issue two really turned me around that first issue i thought was kind of rough because it just felt like isn't to be doing batman tropes then we got to paris and it didn't do that at all and now it feels like it's becoming what i wanted it to be so uh but yeah i think i'd agree with that I don't know what I wanted it to be. I, I went into this not having a clue what this was going to be, and then the first issue was a bit weird uh, and non-conventional. Well, we we knew it was going to be kind of a, the, you know, the the travels of Bruce, right? Like, that's kind of what the solicit was. Yeah, I think it's settled into something a bit more traditional as it's gone yeah. on, I guess. Um, but not in a bad way. Because cause yeah. when we finished that first issue, I, I didn't know if we were going to skip ahead to, like, you know, five years into Batman, or if it was going yeah. to be whatever, it was, it was kind of up in the air at that point. Whereas now it's like, oh no, it feels like it's settling into this is the travels of Bruce, you know, as he's learning yeah. before I'm he can understand back. what the book is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, uh, Matt, what you given Batman the Night issue three? I'm giving this eight point five. All right, Connor. I'm giving it a solid eight. I think. Yeah, I think I'll agree with the uh, the solid eight. Uh, so mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, which will take us on to Refrigerator Full of Heads, issue five. Rio, yours writing with Tom Fowler on the art. Matt is sticking to this. Oh boy. <laughs> um, this one gets into some Carpentarian body horror, like like the thing levels. Uh, I was going to say, horror. I've never heard Carpentarian body yeah. horror before. There, yeah, because it's usually Cronenberg, um, uh, right? When, when you yes. throw body horror. But uh, yeah, so now this picks up with. Uh, them wheeling out the the you know the remains of of the old police chief of Clausen, um, and the story kind of comes apart here a little bit, and it really leans into the pulpiness of it, where you know he he survived because of the axe, and he fell into the water, and the you know he survived because of the magic of the axe, but the water filled up his lungs. But he couldn't die, and that's when he realized that the magic of the axe, you know, is what what kept him alive. Um, and so you find out that he put the that you know he used that biker gang to assemble all these pieces because of the power of the axe and how powerful they could be in the hands of one person, which I think is a, a story flaw, right? Because we had this whole collection that we saw in the first uh, series that he was putting together. And I just feel like if this was the same writer, if this was Hill, I feel like those would have fit together a little bit nice, more nicely, you know? Um, but he's telling June all of this and that she's like, well, that's not possible. They, they found your, your body in, you know, I was like, yeah, half of it, you know? Uh, but the, you know, the other half was I plotted and I waited and I knew I was going to get my revenge. Um, and then this is intercut with, our our main character uh, from from the justice or the, the, the defense department, who's also on these trails, uh, talking to all of the refrigerators in the head, um, and they're they're telling her 
you know, the same type of stuff. But um, so the the main biker uh, lady, uh, Erica Valkyrie, she decides that she's going to turn on the on the police chief because, you know, he said they could have um, Brody Island. Uh, but she's like, well, you're still just kind of a snub, and now I have all these weapons. And um, she doesn't count on him putting on the serpent's belt, which is where the body horror kicks in to where um, it turns him into a giant snake. Uh, and he just starts, you know, smothering people and cutting them in half and constantly transforming to more grotesque snake form. Um, and there's a shootout with the bikers and him. There's a real fun panel where he takes one of their guns because he still has his, you know, what's left of him, like the crosscut body. So he still has an arm coming out of the snake body and he just starts shooting up all of the, the, the bikers, which allows June to, to escape. So uh, Erica grabs one of the swords, one of the magical swords, um, but he ends up like constricting her and she ends up dropping the sword. Um, and before she leaves to, he leaves to go hunt uh, June down. And this is where it gets super grotesque because he's just all snake and, and, you know, body parts sticking out of different, you know, pieces of him. Um, and he eventually grabs her, but our, our main uh, character goes, or oh, is Erica Fury, not Valkyrie. I mixed up my Nordic uh, mythology. Um, but so she comes in in uh, Valkyrie or Valkyrie. I did it again. Uh, Fury is still alive. Right. But she's in such a bad state because she's all crushed. Um, she's like, well, I'm not going to talk to you. I don't have to. So um, our, our main girl takes the, the, the axe and lops off her head, uh, which, you know, gives her the ability to speak um, because of the undying nature of it to where she says, I'm still not going to talk to you. Um, this is, you know, you can, you know, F off. So she takes the sword that absorbs memories and stabs it through the Erica's head to find out everything that had happened. So, um, it goes to a page where it says a little later across the Island, you, you know, you can see that the defense, uh, department lady has made, you know, some, you know, changes around her house and, covered up some of these dead bodies uh, from where she was staying. And um, she has taken the the shark's head from the garage and a bunch of other stuff and lashed it to the front of a car as she goes to hunt down Snake Clausen um, with, with the Enchanted Axe. Um, so, yeah, so outside of some weird storytelling plot points, you can tell if this was, you know, not just based off of the story. If this was the original writer, I think would have been a little bit cleaner, but man, the art here by Tom Fowler really gets into this horror nasty aspect that I loved. And it gets super grisly and nasty. Um, and it's still just a whole lot of fun. It's definitely a B, a B movie version of, of, uh, what was the first one? Bucket full of heads. Um, so, so yeah. Um, I do Pete. I would get caught up cause it is fun. If you have time, I'm only uh, one issue left, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it was a whole lot of fun. But again, it is very much a B movie, you know, kind of, and it, it did feel like an '80s gross out at, at points. 
you know. I mean, this week would have been a good week for her if it wasn't so goddamn busy doing all this stuff because there wasn't a lot of comics. Yeah. But... but yeah, or even when it comes out in trade or whatever, might or, and there's yeah, I definitely want to read it because I like those first two issues quite a bit. Um, yeah. So, but I'll I'll give this one a seven point five. I'm I'm eager to see where it goes. But yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and then rank our top five books, or maybe top four, if that's all you read, because it was a quite week. Uh, so, we'll start off with panel slash moment. Matt, what do you have? I mean, can I go with Poison Ivy? Uh, as, as John? Uh, yeah, yeah, be a self-parody, why not? Honest. I mean, there's no, no one's no. going to judge you. I think the reason he's questioning that is because he chose that when it was in the Detective Comics preview. Yeah. Yeah, so like that like, exact thing. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it'll be from World's Finest though. I'll I'll pick um, where Robot Man says, "Hey, that's my thing," because mm. that's really when I could feel the tone of the book really come into its own. Um, and and yeah. All right, Connor. Uh, the final couple of pages of, of panels of Batman the Night with uh, Alfred just listen to the message. Yeah, that is that is fair. Mm-hmm. Uh. A few things I could pick here, um, but uh, I'll I'll go with the fridge panel. <laughs> I'll go with that's pretty good. I'll go with the the fridge me to get to. <laughs> it's really funny that's, to me. That's pretty good. Uh, especially because yeah. she's in like a the, the van's you know it's like a you know freezer van, so yeah. Uh, it's 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 a joke that works on multiple levels. It's great. Uh, so that's my pick. Uh, covers, uh, I'll dive in here first. I will say, I really like the regular Nightwing cover with uh, Wally on there with the, the lightning bolt. It's a really nice, simple design. Uh, I love the main detective cover with Scarecrow's mask. Uh, all that, really pretty. <laughs> but I'm going to be a self-parody and pick the Art Germ variant for Batman Superman World's Finest, which is Supergirl and uh, Stephanie Brown, back-to-back. That's very good. That's my pick. Nothing, el- nothing else was touching it. There is no it, way. It yeah, feels was... like it could have been a recycled cover from the Frankie Miller. Yeah, Batgirl. Run. It does. It feels... I, I don't think it is, but it like it feels oh, like could have sure. just been a cover. It feels like it could. Be. Oh my god, what's that one beneath it? Not beneath it directly, but <laughs> oof. What is this? The one where it's like uh, Batgirl and Supergirl and the yeah. The hats Who's and... that? This was a good idea. And it's soup and bay. On the chest, yep, yep, yep. I noticed that. It's meant to be soup, not soup. Also, uh, there's a Dan Moore Jerry Seinfeld uh, variant that I was not aware of until now. And that is hilarious. Wait, which one is the Seinfeld one? Uh, on the very bottom of the of the uh, main of the middle column, it's uh, Seinfeld and the Batmobile getting coffee cardstock variant. Oh. <laughs> that, that is one. hilarious. I, uh, I do appreciate the dual pairing of the the slap from each yeah. angle. Well, like one calling it Batman Superman, the other mm-hmm. one calling it Superman Batman. That's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Pretty funny. But yes, uh, Stephanie Brown and Supergirl. I'm shocked. That's yes. my pick. It is very good, actually. To be fair. All right, Connor, what's yours? Um, it could have been that, but just for the sake of picking something different, because it is very good. I'll go with the uh, Federici variant for Batman the Night with a. Young Bruce, then, then all the like the bat shadows closing mm-hmm. on him. That's mm-hmm. kind of demonic. I guess it's just a great image. All right, Matt. Uh, Nightwing with Wally and the lightning bolt. It just looks so good. Yeah, that's really nice. Uh, all right, art of the week, Connor. Go. Oh shit! I didn't think about that. Um, 
Can you tell I me mean, I have mine? No, no, I don't. I'm just looking at what I've read. Uh, it's it's Batman Superman, and it's, it's Dan Mora. It's World's Finest. Yeah, Matt? Stop calling Batman Superman. It's World's Finest. Well, it says Batman Superman, World's Finest. Yeah, the full no, title. Mine says Superman, Batman, World's Finest. <laughs> yeah, peanut butter and my chocolate. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, it's world's finest. Yeah, yeah, Same I'm more. probably agreeing with that. World's finest uh, as well for me. So uh, it's just gorgeous through and through. Mm-hmm. All right, ranking the books, Matt. Off you go. All right, uh, so number one's going to be world's finest. Uh, number or no, Nightwing. Two is world's finest. Three is Batman the Night. Four is uh, what I give them. Yep, Refrigerator Full of Heads, and five would be Justice League. Wait, you like Justice League more than Detective? Oh, det- oh sh- I forgot Detective. Yeah, all right, hold on. <laughs> Nightwing? Uh-huh. Nightwing, World's Finest, uh, The Night, Tech, and uh, Refrigerator Full of Heads. There you go. Got it. All right, Connor? Uh, Nightwing, The Night, World's Finest, Tech, I guess. Uh, I'm going with Nightwing at number one. Number two... We'll go with go with World's Finest, and then Detective, and then the Night. It was a very even week. I I I gave an eight point five and three eight, so I've got a pretty yeah. close call as far as my uh my books are this week. So uh, it's not a bad problem to be in, admittedly, but let's make it a little bit tougher. So there you go. I will tell you what is coming next week from DC Comics. So next week we have Detective Comics 1058. Notably, it's the final part of the tower. So, mm-hmm. uh, and more importantly, the final part of the House of Gotham back up. Yes. That is also true. Uh, we also have Action Comics 1041, the other big special book right now. So that's exciting. We got Robin issue 12. We got the Human Target issue 6, which has been just downright gobsmackingly amazing. Look at that cover! Points. Uh yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there's a really shit character on the cover, but I mean, I'm sure it'll still be good. Uh, Bruce is not there. That's that's Guy Gardner. Oh, I knew who it was, man. I knew. Who it was. Yes, I he makes him up with Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, uh, I was going for a Justice League International member, Connor. No, I was Kyle. just going. No, he, it's Kyle without the crab mask, and and that, that's that's all it was. Well, oh. Kyle without the crab mask makes them automatically better. It does make him better, sucks. but not better than Guy. No crab mask or no crab mask, Kyle is better than Guy. Uh, but uh, also next week is Harley Quinn issue 13, Teen Titans Academy issue 13, Task Force Z issue 6, Deathstroke Inc. issue 7, Rogues issue 1. Very looking forward to trying that out. Uh, should be good. And then we got Trial of the Amazons Wonder Girl issue 1, so part of that crossover. And then Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target issue 6, which I think is the last issue of that one. Yeah. So there you go. That's what's coming out next week. So some Pretty big books. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying rogues. Yeah, one, two, three, four. There's eight books. I have care. seven. I meant just between us all. Yeah, I know. Because you, you have Harley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also, it also bums me out that Starfire is so prominent on that cover of Academy, and I think that's Cheetah as well. And it, I'm not reading it. It's it's um, Starfire, Cheetah, and Troy, isn't it? Yep, and like you have two of my favorite characters, and I'm not reading, and it, it makes me. Oh no, that's not Troy. That's uh, Superwoman of Earth Three. Oh, is it? Okay, I, yeah, I, yeah. I I am looking at just the small. Version. Yep. So, okay. You've got the Bat and the Furious in your your Task Force set. Uh huh. 
Well, we all know that's the movie that Bruce was seeing when his parents were tragically taken from us. Well, the timeline keeps moving. That uh, if, if hey, you, sooner or later we're going to be there. If I mean, honestly, saying that Bruce was you know ten and lost his parents in two thousand one when Fast and the Furious came out isn't that ridiculous right now, no. timeline wise? No? Oh shit, it's not. And <laughs> says love of big muscle cars. That's <laughs> where yeah. I explain so much. Uh, oh dear uh, alright so I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month so thank you to Tyler Hess Cindy Palacios David Short Bordeaux Christopher Moy David Brown Al Traisman and Alison M. Fordyce they are our Patreon producers of course you can support us over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month to help keep the podcast coming and of course at the $5 tier you get early access to the show whenever it's ready on the Saturday uh, usually late UK time but if you're not in the UK maybe it's a more reasonable time <laughs> Uh, you, you get the podcast before it goes out on a Sunday, so go have a look, see if you're interested. Um, and of course, you can support us for free by liking, subscribing, ding the bell for notifications on the YouTube channel, uh, or of course, you can rate us five stars and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. All those things do help, so please hit the buttons, rate the things, and also mm-hmm. all sorts. Uh, get us on the Twitter at DC Comics Podcast and share us using that. And uh, you know, by all means, give give us your thoughts on books and things and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, that's basically yeah, that's the show. It's episode two nine seven. Which I mean, I know we had solicits, but we, I mean, hefty. Well, actually, we had six books because Matt somehow read two more, but oh, I only had four wait. books, so it's, it's weird to me that we hit three hours on this one. <laughs> Yeah, we, 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 we had 12 books because like we chat a yeah. lot of bullshit. Yes, yes, we did. And I'm watching hockey right now, so if I'm, uh, I'm uh, at zero zero, all right. But the all Knights right. are barely together right now. They they have an entire hospital wing of yeah. injuries. So yes, I seem to um, recall something yeah. like they've they've lost zero games and or they've lost or they've won zero games in like five or something like that. Did you not say that in twelve? Yeah, yeah, they were zero oh, oh five for the first time in uh, their history. But they came back and they won against a cup contender. So who knows? It's a good game. It's yeah. So ah, mm, yeah. yes. But yeah, but I'm, no, I'm, I'm playing, sure it was playing e- the Bible, LA Kings. I'm sure it was equally as boring as every other ice hockey game has ever been. But uh, there you go. Hey, even if you liked it, Matt, that's not a statement you can technically agree with. Because so. if you don't think they're oh, normally yeah. boring, and I say it's equally as boring as every other right. ice hockey game, as long that's as it's true. consistent to the other games, now, it's still true for you, even though. You know, you're, that- that's true, but like I, I, you could, I would agree with the statement of like football is boring or baseball is boring, but hockey's constant movement, man. Uh, I, I don't know. You could not like it. I don't know how you could find it boring though. Like no, constant movement doesn't make something not boring. I uh, for sports, I think no attention span. Yeah. <laughs> constant movement. That's, that's like you know. Well, I'll just put fireworks in the background, and that'll make this scene it's fun. It's by definition, F one is the best sport of all time. See, I can watch F1, but I can't watch NASCAR, and NASCAR's got some movement too, but, but F- that's it. they're just think- they're just driving in an oval. No, I think racing is the most boring thing to watch. I, I because... don't mean that. I was extrapolating out from constant movement. I know, but I'm saying this is the opposite, where I think racing, any kind of racing, whether it's horses, cars, whatever, it's just so boring to watch, because there's nothing to really look at, other than just the finish line, and they might cross over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying, with hockey, I don't know. Yeah, Especially in person. Yeah. Imagine just sitting there and just they go past everyone. So every once in a while, a bunch of cars go oh. past. I I worked a race one time and yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I don't see the value in going to it. But. Yeah. So anyway, 
Shut this up so I can finish watching the night's game. What do they need? I don't know if they do. I don't know if they do that shit, but they, they should put cameras on the all the hoods of all the cars so that they can have proper, you know. So it's like playing Gran Turismo. You actually get to see if someone's yeah. overtaking someone. Uh, a long time ago, a stand-up comedian suggested that maybe they should put the beer cart in the center, and that the people that want beer have to cross during the race. And that I, would make it a far far more watchable. You know what? I I watched Days of Thunder the other day, uh-huh. and. Classic Hans Zimmer makes everything better, right? He's, he's electric yeah. guitar, there's like tune percussion going on. You got Robert Duvall yelling at Tom Cruise over the headset. Like It's back in his still basically pop days. Yeah, it's, it's, you can tell you this was around the same time as Backdraft. It was around that, that era of like the mm-hmm. more yeah. upbeat kind of Hans Zimmer. Uh, it was a nice nice little... Before he turned into Epic Zimmer. Yes, before he turned into Epic Zimmer. But... Wait, Paul New- did you say Paul Newman in... No, Robert Duvall. Days of Thunder. Robert Duvall. Oh, Robert Duvall. Okay. Yeah. So like Paul course. Newman was a racer though. That's why I thought. But uh, they apparently occupy the same. And also Nicole Kidman. In fact, that's maybe where Tom Cruise right. and Nicole Kidman made. That's where they met. No, hundred percent. Then they made Far and Away, and then got married, and then uh, you know, everything went to shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then they made Eyes Wide Shut with Stanley Kubrick, and they thought maybe there's something wrong with their marriage here. <laughs> I think there was movie, problems though. before that. I think that just you know. Showed them to everybody. Mm. But no, my mom loved Far and Away. It's the only reason I have reference for that movie. Yeah, so. I can't say I've seen it. or know much about I it. I don't know what it's about, but I know it stars Tom Cruise and uh, Nicole Kidman. Uh, well, look, well, there you good go. Good stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know what? I'll say this for, for Days of Thunder. Like, Tony Scott's not, like, the most, like, nuanced director, but he knows how to make things look good. He's a very yeah. reliable, like, B-tier director. Yeah, Domino was really, really not good, but it looked good. I haven't seen you that know? one, but it he makes a lot of dependable flashy. just... You know, like, no one's ever going to rave about Unstoppable or, um, like... He makes Deja cable vu. movie classic movies where yeah. if they're on in, like, an afternoon, you'll put it on for a couple minutes. I can't wait till you... you you've, you've dragged out the fans now. We're going to get a riot in the comment section. Why? Why? Just telling people that, that they... You, you, you are, no one's going to be a fan of, you know, Whatever movies oh. you just listed off, then can't remember which ones you chose. But you, you are, no one's going to be, you know, be a fan of those. All oh, right, or, or they're coming well, for you now. I mean, I enjoyed Unstoppable. I enjoyed taking a pill of one, two, three. I enjoyed, you know, the only one I really put my neck out for is Man on Fire. I think Man on Fire is really good, but yeah, by and large, he makes a lot of just entertaining stuff. Crimson Tide's borderline really good, but now I have to pull up Tony Scott movies and uh, and see what my favorite one is. It's <laughs> weekend sword. <laughs> you know, and obviously rest in peace. It's sad how he's how he's uh, life ended with the suicide, but you know, um, but yeah, yes, I I swear I'll watch Last Drill and uh, House of Gucci soon. I just I'm I'm prepping myself for those those lengthy. <sighs> Last Duel's good. Ridley Scott yes, movies. Yes, I want to watch Last Duel, but every time I look at the runtime, I go, oh, it's not going anywhere. I, it, it, it feels fresh because it's constantly recycling, like, you know, because of its premise, because oh, it's okay. adding new things. It, it doesn't feel as long as it is. I, I see the period piece outfits, and I'm, like, I'm not in the mood. I'm just like, I keep yeah, putting it off. I get it. House of Gucci's another one that I'm just like, like I, I kind of, just really to see the performances. That, that didn't get nominated for everything, because there was a fear that that was yeah. going to get nominated for everything. Yeah. No, because they went with Power of the Dog instead. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's worse. Uh, but yeah, but that's another one. I don't care about fashion whatsoever, but it, 
I do like a lot of the actors in that. I was yeah, it's just so. I guess the actors and it, it seems like it may be quite an upbeat, quirky kind of yeah drama, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've heard good things. I've people have said it's good. So up, update on on the Tony Scott movies. Uh, definitely, True Romance and Top Gun are are fighting for my favorite. I'm not a big Top Gun. Yeah, it's okay. I yeah. Look, I haven't seen Top Gun with adult eyes. The last time I watched it, it was 15. Honestly, um, so. Uh, so on Twitter, someone described uh, Days of Thunder as just Top Gun with uh, cars instead of planes. Yeah. But I think Days of Thunder was a better movie. You're wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that I'm in the minority on that. People love Top Gun. I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. Well, 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 here's the thing. Planes are better than cars. True. <laughs> I do love that you're wrong. Yes, but Joe you know the Top Gun doesn't have? It doesn't have Michael Rooker as his rival, right? And there's a scene in Days of Thunder where they both end up in the hospital because they're in an accident, and when they're leaving the hospital in wheelchairs, they start racing each other in their wheelchairs, and, and it's Rooker amazing. In the and then, like, then best of both worlds. Days of Thunder doesn't have uh, Highway to the Danger Zone. He's right, Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Hans Evers better than Kenny Loggins. I will, oh, you I, shut your mouth. I will fight you on this. I mean, why do we have to pick? <laughs> you like both. I'm just Kenny saying... Loggins demands hands him as blood sacrifice. Yes. Uh... Yes. Michael Ricker is better than Val Kilmer, therefore I win. So, uh, <laughs> I, was say, I don't I... know if I can argue with that one. Damn it. <laughs> right. All I was gonna say is um, I watched the for for, for the Ace, the Atomic Cinema Expert, the Sci-Fi podcast that I do with Tara. Go check it out. Uh, I watched Interstellar, and it's the first time I'd seen it since the theater this mm-hmm. past week. Had a hold up. Uh, honestly, I liked it better this time than I did the first time. Because I knew where it was going. Yeah. Uh, it worked better for me. Uh, but it was just like Han- the Hans Zimmer music in that. It's, it's insanely good. Like, it just. I, I love it, but I'm glad that we didn't get a wave of everyone doing the organ. No, no, because it, it wouldn't have worked. The reason why it works in that movie is because two of the main character has, you know, has faith in science and, and uh, you know, exploration. That is his religion. There's, there's a reason why there's that connection there. There's a really great thing about the uh, the speed of the music in that movie, where m- anytime it's on Earth, it's a, it's always 120 BPM because it splits mm-hmm. it exactly evenly into the seconds. But when it starts playing with time and things start getting weird, that's when it starts speeding up and slowing down uh, into different tempos. It's uh, that's really good. It held up for me. I just we were talking about Hans Zimmer, so I just it, it popped yeah. in my head. I, I think that plus we're talking about Tony Scott, and then I mentioned Ridley Scott. So I thought uh, the Martian and Matt Damon's like a surprise Martian in Interstellar. So it's dubbing it all literally, but you know what I mean. Yep. <laughs> uh, my joke is is that he just kept the outfit from Interstellar and walked straight onto the Martian set. I'm ready to go, Ridley. What do you want me? Hey, Martian's uh, a great movie as well. Uh, that's a, it's a good movie. I enjoy the Martian. Yeah. Uh, so it's the last Ridley Scott movie I really liked. Oh, well, mine would be the last duel because I've seen that. So. Oh, I haven't seen that yet, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, all right, there you go. That's episode two eight seven. Hopefully, you enjoyed some tangent. Hey, this one was at the end at least. People could have just turned yeah, off. There, by was, there was a good movie section like a lot earlier. There wasn't there. Uh, there, there was, yeah. Um, but uh, there you go. And Ridley Scott's movies look like movies, unlike Marvel movies. So uh, yeah. So, he also I, directed Alien Covenant, so... He did, no. He's he's made some bad movies. <laughs> but, but, Ridley Scott's best movies are better than the Marvel movies. And, uh, do you know, actually, my, one of my favorite meme, memes, just to wrap this up, is uh, people keep sharing a photo of Martin Scorsese with just the, the, the quote, this is cinema, whenever they see something <laughs> good. Yeah. And there's something really funny about when it's used on something stupid, like... 
you know, the Super Pets trailer came out and then someone just posts Martin Scorsese. This is on the record because I wasn't here last week. Yeah. I'm more excited about that than any other yeah. DC movie that's yeah. been announced so far. Yeah, but, I think it looks great. So, so basically, what me and Connor are saying yes, is please. that yeah. meme is correct. I mean, yeah. I may agree with that honestly. For the, I mean, I'm not including the Batman in this. Just the rest that are coming out. Sure, I'll agree with it. Looks great. Had me at Dwayne the Rock Johnson was crypto. Yeah, of course it did. Of, of course yeah. that, that that excited Matt. Yeah, I worked on pages. Well, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right thank you very much for joining us uh let us know what your thoughts on the filmography of tony scott and ridley scott are uh and the and the comments i'll just tweet us <laughs> yeah just tweet us yeah tweet us. Um, but that is the show so thank you once again for watching listening keep reading dc comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force like for guy comment for kyle <laughs>